I'm so freaking sad that that did not catch on. But I'm not giving up. I, I'm sad too. I'm not. I'm probably not as sad as you, but I'm still. I, I'm. Ta- I have like one manly tear coming down my cheek. Hello, and welcome to the Negative World Podcast, a podcast about video games by the Nintendo fans at negativeworld.org. This is episode 87, and we are recording this on Wednesday, May 11, 2016. I'm your host, Steven, or as I'm known on the boards, Dr. Finkelstein. And with me today, of course, is my co-host, Joe. Hello, Steven. How's it going, Joe? Just fine. In case people forget, Ninsage, of course, is his username on the forums. That's my username. I shouldn't get to be the only one to say mine, but... No. Uh, so, uh, hope you've been well. Yes, we we yes. stay in touch, but we uh, we last we actually haven't recorded a legit episode in a little while because we took a break to do a euphonic. Correct. That is back, and I think people really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, well. And actually, after we record this, I want to drop some knowledge on you of what I think we should do for the next uh, next episode for themes and all that. We should talk about that because I want to get another one going soon. Sounds good. I think folks uh, would like that as well. Mm-hmm. However, they also are going to like, if not love, the fact that we have Game Dad Grant on the show today. Welcome. It's a me, Grant. <laughs> Grantio. Hello. Hey, Grant. How's it going? Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us this evening uh, and being available and all that stuff. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, you know, we always appreciate when when users of the website take time out of their busy schedules to to do this when we can do the same. So. GDG. Uh, we should just so do GDG, 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 and just do like a, a chant louder and louder until um, ten minutes later, people just turn the podcast. On. <laughs> yep. Be like but, the chant from the crowd in uh, Super Smash Bros. You know, when you're like fighting them off and your percentage is real high, but you're hanging in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Start chanting. GDG, GDG, GDG. And then after that 10 minutes of that, we'll cut to like some really secret stuff, and anyone who got there will totally get to enjoy it. Another tone poem, perhaps. Perhaps. That would be epic. Mm-hmm. But alas, let's jump into episode 87 here. Uh, we have some now playing to get to, we have some main topics, but first I wanted to talk about uh, some recent site events, so to speak. Um, Two things in particular. I wanted to note that Mop It Up currently is running a survivor poll for the various Nintendo systems. Have you guys been uh, participating in every single round? Doesn't pre- speak to me. I'm, I'm pretty sure I have. I don't know if I missed one or not, but I, anytime I see it, I, I click on it. I've, I've definitely seen Grant in there. Yeah, Joe, I don't think, uh, unless you're voting secretly, I don't think we have to yeah. post... But what you know, it doesn't speak to you. Is uh, you just can't make the the decision. No, it's not that. I just um, I don't know. Right now, I'm just kind of fine with the. Uh, you know, I like uh, the consoles that I like, and uh, other people can like what they like. You just don't like picking a favorite child. That's gonna it's, be. 
That's More or less. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Plus, no. he's probably sitting back with a bowl of popcorn just watching the shenanigans happen in each pole site. Oh, yeah. Or pole thread, I should say. <laughs> no, it gets pretty crazy. There. And it's funny because they're all so beloved. I mean, none of us can really even pick. I don't, I don't know about you, Grant, but I actually, even from the beginning, I had a hard time picking. You know, I mean, they've all got their pros and cons, you know. But um, some people definitely get more riled up than others, and it's it is pretty entertaining. This has been good so far. I think the first few, uh, the first few were easy to pick off. Not the ones that gotten voted off already. Mm-hmm. I'm just surprised the one that got voted off third lasted that long. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> I'm just, well, not, not hate. I'm just honestly surprised. Oh, I'm just kidding. No, actually, right now there's been a few threads um, to that effect on the site. So. Uh, uh, you know, I don't really. Maybe part of it's re- the recentness of the Wii U, or, or the lack of nostalgia going on with the other systems. But really quick, just you know, I don't want to stay on this topic too long, but I just wanted to say that right now uh, we are in round five, which means that there are six systems left. In tenth place, we had Game Boy and Game Boy Game Boy Color bow out. In ninth place was the Game Boy Advance. Then eighth place was the Nintendo Wii U, which is what you were mentioning. And then after that was in seventh place, then NES. The, the one that started it all. So uh, I want to ask you both, and Joe, I know you've been just kind of watching and not necessarily voicing your opinion, if you don't mind, give me uh, your opinions on what of these four systems left too early. And uh, Grant, let me know what you think first. Um, the ones that left too early were the Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance. So both of them, you say? Well... Just, I, I don't understand how the Wii U didn't get voted off first. <laughs> that system is just, what a mess. Nintendo can't even get away from it fast enough. You, you and I have discussed this a little bit on, on the, uh, the threads. And I think that there are, while there's maybe a lack of really strong games, the games that are strong in there are very good. And it's, you know, it's HD, it's, it's crisp visuals and fun gameplay. I mean, it's, I think there's, there's a lot going for it. And, and really, I just got to drop the mic with Splatoon, but, I know that doesn't re- resonate with you. Well, I can't say if it does or not. I haven't played it, so that's kind of my fault. Sure, sure. But that's but, what I mean, mean you could yeah, I mean you could say that, you know, oh, it's got some great gems. Every Nintendo system has great gems. But the 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 fact of the matter is that Wii U literally has a handful and that's it. Not saying they're bad, not saying we should mark it, but compared to any other Nintendo system, I I can I mean getting voted out there I guess isn't all that bad. I'm just honestly surprised it lasted that long. Now, you know, I should have looked back and double-checked to see just how close the votes were. Because none of these have been, like, runaway votes, you know what I mean? A lot of it's come down to one or two. Right. And I, I don't, you know, it, some people tend to vote strategically. So, you know, I don't know if that comes into play or not either. But, uh, Joe, do you, um, of, of those four, the NES, the Wii U, uh, the Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance, which one do you think left too soon? If I had to pick just one, yeah, I mean, uh, of course, it, it would be the Game Boy. Yeah, um, and that's but that's because I have a very special history with the Game Boy. You know, that was kind of like my system. I, I had that before I had an NES. Before I had any other dedicated gaming systems, I had the Game Boy. So, um, to me, a lot of those games are are timeless classics. Part of the reason why I got the Retron Five was to play Game Boy games again. Sure. Um, you know, in a way that that was that would make sense. So, yeah. But the, but this is uh, kind of like what I was saying. Like, it, it's just impossible to do this kind of a 
a thing. I know it's fun to just go through the process, but probably no one should really get too hung up on the results. I mean, to have the NES get knocked out, like it's it's just hard to say what people's <laughs> criteria are exactly. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'd have to look at my whole collection to really have a a truly good, I guess, position on this stuff. But I voted for the NES in the last round. And, and my reasoning was just because, in my memory, I can think of some good games, but there was so much kind of just crap on there, too, that and sure. it didn't have, like, Animal Crossing. I was thinking of all these more recent things just from the N64 GameCube days, and uh, it just was easy to just kind of let it slip away, even though every single decision is so hard. Yeah. But for me, I think... I don't. I don't want to say the Wii U <laughs> exactly, but I'm not even sure because I, I can't remember if I voted for Game Boy or Game Boy Advance first. But I hope that I voted for Game Boy Advance first because I, I do want to give the Game Boy more credit. I think that the tenth place might have been a bad uh, call. I mean, really, they're all bad calls because they're all great. But um, if I did vote for Game Boy first, then I was must have been drunk at the wheel. I'm, I don't know, but. <laughs> um, for, and the re- only reasoning is because the Game Boy Advance, I had so few games. My my collection was so minimal compared to the Game Boy, which I had a ton of great games, even if I didn't quite get into them like I, I would now, because back then things were a little different for me. I was more of an NES guy, and then, um, you know, Game Boy games were kind of bought for me. I didn't really have a grasp on what games I liked at the time and stuff like that, but uh, there's definitely more gems and classics that I can think of on the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color than uh, than the GBA, but I felt like the GBA was kind of a short lifespan too. Was is that true? It was rather short. Um, yeah. The DS came out, I think, maybe four years after the GBA came out. Mm. Even that's and actually, like a good amount of time. Yeah, and you know, and, and honestly, you kind of hit the nail on the head too. You know, some of these systems are getting voted out simply because people don't have a lot of experience with it. I mean, that's why I was voting for the Wii U because I don't have that much right. experience with it. So that's fair I'm, enough. And some people, you know, they didn't have a Game Boy. They only played a few GBA games. So they're like, well, I can't really say anything for it, so I'm just going to vote for it. Yeah. Some people aren't handheld people. <laughs> those, yeah. those, those aren't real people, though. <laughs> they're less than people. No, I kid. I'm joking. <laughs> well, I love know, you, Rob. We have, uh, <laughs> you know, six no, of- I didn't mention any names. <laughs> I, I, oh, I'm name dropping on this, on this podcast. Yeah, he's talking about happen. Rob the Robot. Because <laughs> yeah. he was a console peripheral, so he, he was always out. playing Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know that turns it to the other six that remain: the Super Nintendo, the N sixty four, the GameCube, the Wii, the DS, and the three DS. Uh, which one of these six? We'll start with Grant. Do you think should win it all? What should win, or yeah. what's my favorite? Well, well, <laughs> would those not be the same thing? Why not both? All right. Um, well, my my personal favorite, my all time favorite Nintendo system ever, and actually my favorite video game system of all time, mm-hmm. is the DS. The original DS. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I would love it if that one won. Um, however, if the Super Nintendo or even the GameCube, if either one of those took it all, I wouldn't be upset. Because I like those systems. They're both great. Yeah. What about you, Joe? Um, for, for me, uh, my favorite system of all time uh, Though I'm not sure, you know, it's already sort of the games are already not holding up um, as every month goes by. But the Nintendo Wii, uh, mm-hmm. that's that's the reason I'm here. That's the reason I'm on this podcast. That's the reason I uh, didn't, you know, that I'm not on the PlayStation podcast right now. So, yeah, Nintendo Wii. 
I suppose that's the reason I'm not to. Well, one of them. I could have I could have converted over, met you anyway, and we could have started our own PlayStation podcast. Wow. The playcast. How different that would be. It would be. Although, you know, I've been randomly reminiscing about Twisted Metal lately. Interesting. Yeah. I think I heard um, Paint It Black by uh, the Rolling Stones, and so okay. it made me think of a commercial that they had once. Yep. But I remember that commercial. Anyway, uh, so okay, so we got the Wii, we've got the, the DS, um, although even the GameCube, Super Nintendo. Um, for me, I think I'm kind of leaning with Grant with the GameCube. I'm not even sure why, because I don't think that it would be my pick back in the day. But thinking about all the great games that were on it, it really was a beloved system. And it was one of those first ones where I was buying all the games that I wanted. And I do remember my wanting, having interest in Animal Crossing and having my mom surprise me by coming home with it. That was cool. Oh, so, yeah. Animal Crossing on GameCube. Yeah, that's that holds a lot of nostalgia for me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, can you really go wrong? Technically, no. But uh, Only if you choose Wii U. <laughs> but you can't anymore. So um, right now, uh, as of this recording, the 3DS is actually in the lead to be voted off next with eight votes. Uh, DS, the regular DS is with seven. And I kind of hope that this doesn't have like a 3DS than DS, because I think that would be definitely kind of a a sad thing to see all the handhelds cut away so quickly. There's definitely some some console leaning versus handheld. Yeah, what is going on? Negative world, go home, you're drunk. That could, that could be the website altogether, just the general, you know, biases yeah. we might have. Well, I feel like the handheld, like, enthusiasts, wow, did I say that right? Enthusiasts? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've already, a lot of them don't post anymore. Uh, Lupin DS isn't on there. Uh, DRock69 isn't on there anymore. Um, There's a couple other guys that were, like, really pro-handheld, and I haven't heard hide nor hair from them in, in years. Is there, a, uh, is there they're, a... They're running negative... World underscore handheld dot <laughs> right. I mean, oh, T- TV and Lost. He he was uh, that's Craig. He mostly is on uh, YouTube nowadays, but um, yeah, he's really big into handhelds as well and doesn't post. Hmm. That's a shame. It is. Come back, Craig. Change change the course of history by coming back and voting out uh, the N sixty four. Oh wow, <laughs> that, that would kill Tim. <laughs> I love the N sixty four. However. It certainly hasn't aged as well as other, you know, systems, but maybe that's to be expected. The N sixty four, it's like I think that that stays on so many historical lists and stuff because even though I would argue, because I would probably argue it's probably my least favorite if I had to pick a least favorite out of all of these, but but then you go and look and it has Super Mario sixty four, uh, Ocarina of Time, even Majora's Mask. It's like right there, you know. Those are some the, of the greatest games. The start ever of made. Smash Brothers, Perfect Dark, oh, all the rare games. Smash Brothers, yep. Banjo Kazooie. Yep. Amen to that. Yep. But anyway, uh, I think you know we've kind of gotten a little taste of this, and uh, I guess maybe by the next episode we'll know how this all panned out. But uh, if you don't mind, let's jump to another quick site event that I wanted to announce. Um, if that's okay. We all done here? Go for it. Okay. So I just want to make a quick announcement that Triforce Buns game Tadpole Treble has finally released on Steam. And uh, I don't say finally with disdain. He's been working hard at it and getting it already. And it is now released in a, uh, what do they call it on Steam? It's uh, where it's kind of not fully released, but it's partially released. 
you recall? Uh, like, like, like an alpha? Or kind a, of, yeah. Or beta? They have a name for it. But the only reason he's done it is because there's a few like uh, leaderboard-type features or something like that. I, I honestly don't recall the ex- exact uh, post that he made regarding that. But the game itself is a whole... And you can buy it now, and you can play it. And uh, I haven't had a chance to play it yet because I'm waiting for my Wii U code, um, which I had yes. done to the Kickstarter. And uh, me as well. Will that just show up in our email eventually? Is that how that yeah, works? Yeah, I think he's gonna. Okay. He sends it through the Kickstarter website or whatever. And now, um, actually, what, what I heard, Matthew actually comes to your door personally and hands oh, it over to you with a physical code. I'm, I'm right. pretty sure that that's how it works. That's. I remember signing up for that tier reward. Yep. Right. right. It's made out of Scrabble letters, mm-hmm. and, and, and you, he delivers it to you via. Um, and he's the one doing it, um, uh, singing Telegram. <laughs> he he would do that though. He would. He's got musical chops. Dressed as King DDD. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. <laughs> I think you know we've been waiting to try to maybe get like an updated podcast, uh, like album art. You know, kind of us. I think that right there is actually what we should do. Just Matthew as King DDD uh, in the middle of song. That would be perfect. He would have to have so much padding. He, have you seen him? Oh, yeah. No, he's he's not a chubby dude. That's yeah, that dude sure. is skinny. <laughs> you had to put like five pillows on him. All right, we'll Photoshop his head on my chubby body, and then I'll dress up as King DDD. And there we go. Problem solved. Unless you put on a tremendous amount of weight since I last saw you. <laughs> We're still going to have to pack on some pillows, DDD is huge. Anyway, but so it's on Steam. I, I really encourage you guys to check it out. It looks like a really fun game um, from the trailer and following all the, you know, the whole process with Matthew. And I really want him on the show soon to talk about it, especially once it releases on a Nintendo platform. So hopefully that'll happen. If he's not uh, busy with the next project, he's doing like a handful of them all at once. So go Matthew. If I can yeah. get on that podcast with him, if he shows up, mm-hmm. uh, I, I need to be on it too so I can heckle him as to why there is not a 3DS version of Tadpole Truck. If we can't, um, if we can't work that out, I can just record that and I can just play it every ten seconds. Yes, let's be in the middle of conversation. Just punch it in there, you know. Tadpole <laughs> Trouble 3D, make it happen. Well, he's got to do Tadpole Trouble two before you can do 3D because you know you need the pun. Oh yeah, Triforce pun, huh? All right. Oh zing. Okay, so that's the perfect send off to our now playing segment. Um, so shit, we'll just jump right into that. I mean, I don't have any fanfare for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, Grant's got a couple games today. Um, I'm, I'm going to mention something really brief, but me and Joe have been playing the same old stuff we, we've been playing. I can't rip myself from Splatoon, so no one needs to hear about that anymore. Um, but, you know, Grant, you're playing some games that I'm definitely uh, curious about. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, you know, whatever you want to say first, but if you'd lead us, lead us off, please. Sure. Um, and I totally feel your pain about it being hard to rip yourself away from a game. Because I am trying to play through a couple of these RPGs that the 3DS has been kind of just hit with over and over. Um, but I'm having a really hard time tearing myself away from Smash Brothers. Like, I <laughs> cannot get enough of that game. It's ridiculous. But when I do, I don't always play Smash Brothers. But when I don't, um, I'm also playing Project <laughs> Cross Zone 2. That uh, is a game released by Namco Band or Bandai Namco, whatever they're calling themselves nowadays. Um, it's kind of a uh, crossover strategy RPG. Um, it's got characters from Namco and Capcom and Sega. Um, it's even got a few uh, Nintendo characters in there this time too, which is kind of neat. Sure, yeah. And I, 
Was I talking about the first game the last time I was on this podcast? I, I feel like this is familiar. You may have. I, I'd have to go back and check. But Yeah, I, I, it was last year, maybe the year before, actually. Now, is, did this did the, the first one, did that just get ripped from the eShop? Was that part of that news? It was taken down off the eShop, and, and I can only buy it physically. And we don't know why? Because reasons. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> um, and honestly, I, for better or for worse, it, it is a sequel, so not much has really changed. Uh, the battle system is basically the same. The progression is the same. Uh, if anyone's played a uh, you know Fire Emblem, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, even Advance Wars, that, I know it's not a strategy RPG, but it is a strategy game. You're basically put on the field. You have a selection of characters, and you move them around on a checkerboard, you know, grid. And when you get close to an enemy, or if you have a uh, you know character with projectiles, you know, uh, two two squares away. You can attack the enemies, and hopefully you win. You know the uh, Project Cross Zone series has kind of a an active battle system, so it's it's almost kind of like a mini fighting game in a way. Um, you have time button presses and controller and button combos that you uh, can pull off. You can have uh, team character your teammate characters jump in and kind of help you out with assist attacks. Um, and then usually there's a boss that kind of shows up in the middle of the fight and you have to like work your way across the map to that person um, or thing. Sometimes it's a monster. And then you fight that. Uh, the characters talk to each other. You move on to the next fight. Hmm. Um, but Grant, aren't these characters just the same old boring characters that we see in every other major game? They're all from the same boring universe. They talk to each other all the time. Well, that's I mean, the thing. That no what sure. is there to get excited about? <laughs> well, you're, you're, it, it is a crossover game, right? So the characters from you know, Namco Bandai, it's the characters from Tekken, the characters from Xenosaga, um, you know, the Sega characters from like, uh, what's that like Mafia game? The, Yakuza. Uh, Yakuza, yes, exactly. I've never played those games, but those characters kind of show up out of nowhere. Um, some of the, uh, the Dot, oh, Dot Hack, that's actually Namco, isn't it? So the dot hat characters show up. Shinobi, uh, Shinobi from Sega. No Sonic. I'm a little disappointed. Sonic never shows up. Um, but later on, like Ulala from Space Channel Five shows up. Um, some of the characters from the Valkyria Chronicles uh, they show up as well. Mega Man, right? And then from Capcom, you got the characters. You know, Street Fighter, Resident Evil, uh, Ace Attorney, really? as well. Yeah. Oh, neat. So, yeah, Phoenix Wright and. Uh, and uh, wow, I'm blanking on her name right now. Maya, um, is that Maya? Maya? Maya, yes. Wow. Matthew would be very disappointed in me right now. <laughs> it's like his favorite series. Uh, yeah, so they're both in the game as well. And uh, like, hey, who are you? Oh, I'm such and such from, uh, from this universe. Wow, you're from the future. And da da da. Oh, one of the coolest characters from Capcom's uh, library of, of characters is Strider. And Strider's in this game, and he is quite awesome. awesome. Uh, he teams up a lot with uh, Hatsuma from Shinobi. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's it, it's a fan fan fiction brought to life. Um, you know, big flashy battles. You know, lots of references, lots of in jokes. Axel from Streets of Rage. Is Axel in it? I haven't gotten that far yet. It says he is. Oh, spoiler he, alert! Yeah, well, Joe just ruined the game for me. Why, why am I even <laughs> playing it anymore? <laughs> But uh, it's very fun. Um, 
the only thing that's stopping me from progressing further is Smash Brothers. So, which is also a crossover game if you think about it. So, anyway, that's Project Cross Zone Two. Not too much really to talk about other than it's flashy, it's fun, and hey, if you like strategy RPGs, yeah, you, you could do worse. Great game. It seems like there's a lot of cutscenes in this game. Is that true? Uh, and story? I mean, is it really heavy yeah, there's, in that? Yeah, there's story. Not a lot of cutscenes. Not like full motion video stuff. But the characters do sit around and uh, talk a lot to each other. Mm. Um, it, a lot of it's worth listening to, or either listening to or reading to. Um, lots of funny references. Kind of, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the to the players. Um, references to, uh, you know, past events when they've teamed up before. Uh, whether in their own kind of universe or in other Project Cross Zone games, so it's uh, I, I find it, it it's worthwhile, you know, reading all the reading all the dialogue and see what the characters are up to, and uh, they even mention like how much time has passed since they last saw each other because some characters have you know aged up since mm-hmm. they last saw each other. They're like, oh my god, wow, he looks so, totally different, and hmm. it's you know it's fun. Again, it's all fan fiction. Yeah. The pixel art looks really great, and the animations and everything. Oh yeah, it's a very flashy game. It's very fun to watch. I mean, it looks like it is pixel art, right? It's not. That's not like. Um, it looks like it's just very well done pixel uh, animation. Yep. Yeah, it's all two D sprites. Mm-hmm. Um, the backgrounds are very low poly. It almost looks like. <laughs> it almost kind of looks like DS graphics, like in the environments and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the actual characters are all uh, sprite based. Yeah, that's kind of a neat aesthetic. Yeah, it works out really well, and um, those sprites really pop when you put up the uh, 3D slider. Mm-hmm. And the, some of the mega attacks, too, when you're just unleashing everything, like you've built up your uh, your power meter enough after you've attacked uh, two or three times, I think. You can press the Y button, and then just, uh, you know, all hell breaks loose. You know, if you've ever seen a Marvel vs. Capcom uh, super move, mm-hmm. it's basically like that on steroids times 10. <laughs> It, it gets pretty crazy, but it's really fun to watch. It's like a fireworks show. Do you have a favorite um, character that you like to play as or a team set of – I mean, do you get to choose, I guess, or do they always just kind of – are they grouped together predeterminately? Um, a couple of the characters are always teamed up together, um, like Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine from the Resident Evil series. Mm-hmm. They're always together. Um, and they're usually – the characters usually always have pairs the option you can kind of switch. There's like a third character I kind of mentioned before. It's kind of like your partner character and you can switch them around with um, each of the couples. So while Chris and Jill will always be together, you can mix and match with the partner character. So you can have um, Hihachi from Tekken uh, pair up with them or you can have, you know, Mega Man X pair up, pair up with them or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, there's a little customization, but not not a whole ton. How do you feel about the challenge of the game? You know, sir, I'm a I'm a very experienced Project Cross Zoner, so uh, I was able to jump right back in. As I kind of said before, it's uh, it's a sequel, so it plays very much like the original. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was able to jump right in without really missing a beat. So so mm-hmm. far, not too bad. Okay. Well, it looks pretty cool. I mean, what's the uh, MSRP for this thing? Um, it, it originally came out at forty dollars, but Namco's recently dropped it down 
down to uh, $30, I want to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm watching the show notes here. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm seeing the echidna uh, doing his writing, the ghost echidna. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I should also mention <laughs> I've been playing Get Final Fantasy Explorers, <laughs> uh, which is also a great game. Uh, also, kind of a, a crossover game if you think about it. Final Fantasy crossing over with itself. Interesting. Yeah. Um, basically, the worlds of Final Fantasy are kind of clashing together, and uh, you're an explorer exploring the world of Final Fantasy, and you get to. You know, you, you don't get to actually be the heroes from the Final Fantasy series, but you get to dress up as them and use their powers. Um, very like a almost kind of like Monster Hunter Light or a Fantasy Star Online Light kind of game. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of fun online multiplayer, local multiplayer. Um, lots of Final Fantasy nostalgia thrown in there for uh, for good measure. And I think Joe plays it like once in a while. <laughs> I heard he played the in-store copy once. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. He's he's not a big Final Fantasy. One-handed because he was busy on the phone or something. He didn't even care. <laughs> now, Grant, is that game still? Does it still hold your attention, or have you kind of just like dropped off with it, or just too many other things to play? Because I know that for some people, like a game like that, uh, eventually the kind of like grind of it, either you enjoy it. You enjoy the experience, and you you want to keep doing stuff over and over again, or you just kind of like cool off on it. Yeah, no, actually, um, I still pick it up from time to time. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's it's a great game to play. You know, while you know, if my wife watches TV or something like that, yeah. especially if I'm just going around grinding for materials and stuff like that, awesome. doing just roaming around, not actually doing like a real mission. It's it's a very uh, good. I don't want to say like brain off kind of game. So you can kind of mindlessly go around just hack and slash monsters and, and still reap benefits. You know, you get your gold or your uh, you know materials and stuff like that. So, no, yeah, I po- I'm still playing Explorers as well. Awesome. Well, I'm around anytime you need some uh, power leveling or whatever you would call the equivalent in this kind of game. Bring in so, the heavy? Yep. yep. We should probably play right now and just like have Steven do the podcast by himself. And once in a while, we'll chime in, like when we like finish a finish a mission or something. Sounds good. I can just talk with my Mitomo self. (laughs) (laughs) Just type it all out there. There you go. Some excellent podcast. But yes, I finally got my white mage build nearly optimized. It's pretty amazing. So we should definitely play at some point. Awesome, because I could use a healer. Yeah. What else do you have going on? Um, you know, the, the other game I mentioned to Steven um, before we were going to record is Bravely Second, which, as the name implies, is a sequel to Bravely Default, a kind of um, nod to the Final Fantasies of Yesteryor uh, from Square. It is a turn-based RPG. Swords and sorcery, there's crystals, there's monsters to fight, there's kingdoms to save. But I was I was thinking like what I could talk about, and there's some kind of spoilery stuff that happens fairly early on, or maybe I just blazed through enough. I haven't gotten that far in it, but there's some spoilery stuff in there that I'm not sure I want to divulge too much on the podcast, just in case. But um, I will say the game is really fun. 
It's very addictive, especially if you like those old school RPGs. Um, the music's great. The art direction is still great. Um, I feel like they did a little bit more with the 3D effects, or maybe I just haven't played the original Bravely Default in a while. But um, it's it's a really great game, and if you like, you know, the Square Enix games of you know the Super Nintendo era, or even the, the PlayStation One era, um, I, I highly recommend Bravely Second and Bravely Default if you haven't played it already. Um, so many games to play, so many games, so many RPGs. The 3DS is drowning in them, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. I want to play both of those. I want to play both the Project X zones. I'm also hacking away also at uh, Hyrule Warriors Legends, but I didn't mention it because that one I that one I kind of dropped off on because I'm trying to finish up Project Cross Zone 2 and Final Fantasy Explorers, and I got Bravely Second kind of on the side of that, and then I have my Smash Brothers addiction. I mean, what am I going to do? I'm, I completely dropped off of Fire Emblem Fates. I need to get back to that eventually, too, because there's like three games worth of content there. Yep. You know, you think this is a... RPG issue because I, for example, uh, one of the few games that I need to get back into is Xenoblade Chronicles X. Oh yeah, it just—I was so into it for like f- the first forty hours, and then I think there's a splat fest that I started playing. <laughs> now, <laughs> now I'm stuck on Splatoon again. But it's—I think maybe it's so daunting to get back into such a complex game. Yeah, I, I still yeah. need to finish up the first Xenoblade. Oh man, see that took me two years to beat, and not because I was playing it every day and I just was having a hard time. I played it for 120 some hours, but it just was yeah, I'd go on hiatuses. Yeah, and four months later, I'd continue and I'd play for about a month, and then I'd get sidetracked. And that game so, is huge. It is. And Chronicles X, I think, is even bigger. That's what they say. Yeah. I haven't started yet. I I own it. I I have the collector's edition. You have the fancy box and the art book and all that good stuff. Haven't opened it. I don't know why. I'm a terrible person. The, la- the last thing I did in Xenoblade Chronicles X is there's there's kind of like five continents in the game, primary continents and everything, and you start off on one that's where your home base is, and eventually you really, you really can go to any of them at any time, but they've got more and more higher level enemies and everything. And there's the way that the game handles jumping and, I guess... The way uh, I guess the bounds of your character's ability to walk on things on, on slopes and things like that, it's not exactly perfect. And I've done some weird stuff on when I'm climbing mountains on foot. But now that I have the scale, even though it's not a flying scale yet, but it's a you know jumping really far scale and a somewhat hovering kind of scale. And I took the scale over to the to the big you know bad island, this like lava-ish one. It's supposed to be the fifth one. I don't know if the story goes there in the sense of it being near the end of the game, but definitely high level enemies and everything i found this one slope i climbed up the entire wall somehow i'm not even sure how the hell i did but in the game i went up the entire slope of it of like what would be more or less like a giant volcano i fell into this camp of the uh the robotic you know bad guys or whatever the uh the jerks that are fighting you the whole time and the you know, uh well it's not the mechanis um, oh spoiler in, uh, in in the x i don't think it's the mechanis in the x uh but um because I'm talking about Chronicles X, not uh, the original Xenoblade Chronicles. But, right, right. Um, so I, I climbed up over this, and of course I died pretty quickly. But I managed to get to a uh, warp point and, and log it in. So now I have a warp point into this area that I pretty much die in like crazy. But the fact that I was able to infiltrate their, their base, more or less, uh, at such a lower level, it was just kind of comical to me. Nice. And so, and so I just ended up not playing the game at all, not doing anything important, but I just kept 
trying to go up slopes. <laughs> and then Splatoon had a Splatfest. So now, you said you had a, a jumping scale? Well, I mean, they all jump, but, like, when you get in the scale, you ju- you can jump way farther than your actual human character, so it kind of helps break down the world a little bit for you. Is it like a jumping flash? <sighs> yes. Oh. Man, I need Great. to play this game sooner than I thought. Great reference. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic game, and, and when you get the scale, though, it really is liberating, and I hear it's even more so when you finally can fly. Some areas are only accessible that way, and that's that's cool to me is when you're kind of progressively more available to the world around you. Now, there's some online elements to that game too, right? Yeah, you know, I still don't quite understand them, but I have <laughs> participated. And uh, the main thing that I've done is, as long as you're logged into the internet, there's a constant, like, hour-long a- event where there's five different things you, you've got to do. And you, you're part of a group, like a group of 20 people or something that gets randomly chosen. Oh, wow. And, and every every group of 20 has got a different set of tasks. But, you know, one of your five tasks might be defeat 10 of these spider enemies. One of them might be defeat three of these monkey enemies, you know, or um, find 18 of these type of materials. And everyone can work towards that. So if if you knock those down, you get some sort of bonus back. And I don't even remember exactly what would you get for it. it. It's useful, whatever it is. I remember that. It's worth doing. But... Uh, but, you know, if you do it, you do it. If you, if the group doesn't, then no harm done. But obviously everyone wants to try to help out. So uh, I find I found myself actually not playing the main game, not exploring to explore, but just sometimes playing just to do those and help people out. So we all kind of earn something. And, uh, and that's cool. I mean, I think this might be a spoiler, I guess. But oh, the game's been out for some time. But I think if you beat the game, it actually unlocks... The ability to play live co-op with somebody. Almost, Ooh, fancy. Yeah, which I, I, again, I don't know, so maybe it's not a spoiler, but I thought I heard that. And uh, that'd be pretty cool, but I'm, I don't know if, how many people are playing it anymore. But maybe if we finish at the same time, you know, we can do that uh, afterwards and just roam and take down the bigger monsters, you know, Monster Hunter style or something. Nice. So, but yeah, we, we sidetracked Xenoblade. Uh my now playing includes games I'm not playing, so that's interesting. Nice. <laughs> but so did you have anything else to say about Bravely Second? Um, buy it with money. Okay, yeah, with money is a good good uh, tip. Um, Joe, you kind of got some word in uh, on Final Fantasy Explorers. Anything else you want to say about that? Buy it with money. <laughs> good man. All right, well, um, I'll lead into that by saying what I played recently. You should buy it with money. However... I'd say go into it with a little bit of knowledge. So what I played recently, besides all the usual stuff that I'm not even going to mention on the show because it's all the same old crap and puzzle games stuff that nobody even wants to hear about because it's boring, although I love it. Uh, what I've been playing is uh, SteamWorld Heist's Fen DLC, and I'm pretty sure it's Fen. I should double-check that, but uh, the gang over at Image Inform have released their DLC for SteamWorld Heist, and I think it's their only one. But maybe it's not. I don't know. It'd be kind of nice if there was more, but at the same time, as Joe and I have discussed on the show before, you know, loading up games with DLC is kind of a bummer at times. This one definitely costs some money. It costs $5, I believe, in U.S. currency. And what you get for it, you get a new unlockable character, which you unlock not in the sense of, like, they just give you the character. Uh, you actually... Well, I should preface this by saying... I played the DLC with a completed game. I didn't start like a new game plus 
again and then experience it in that sense, uh, which actually I think hindered the experience for me. But you, it, it, what it does, it takes your map, which has all these different levels on it, and actually throws a few extra on there. There's, I think, one for every of the main sections. So there's three total. There's a new area where you meet the character, um, and uh, you, you go in there, you, you meet them, you kind of see a backstory. They potentially might be part of the bad guys, so to speak, but they don't really recall too much. And I won't say anything more beyond that for, for the story, but the, the DLC pretty much gives you a little bit more story that's not really forced or required for the main game, but it has a, a nice touch. And then uh, in doing so, the new missions kind of play out that character's story in a, in a more elaborate and fun way. Uh, I definitely would recommend people buy it if they liked the game. However, I feel like, and not even for five bucks, you know, quote unquote, but I just, I feel like, I wish there was a little bit more than that. Three three new levels when all the levels are kind of randomly generated anyway. Doesn't really feel like anything that new. Um, and the character's very cool in the design. Uh, and it's got some, a couple unique player attributes, like a charge beam that kind of naturally comes with it without using a, a specific slot on your character. But it's, you know, it's nothing really groundbreaking. And maybe it never was supposed to be, but, you know, you get so much bang for your buck out of the game itself. It's not necessarily required um, to, to you know, to get the full experience you want out of the game. It really does feel just kind of like an add-on, which, again, could be good or bad, because maybe it means the game itself is so complete it didn't need this. But at the same time, I wish that if they were going to add more, they would have added a little bit more. Yeah, I was going to say, SteamWorld Heist is such a great game. I mean, they really could have released it at, at, at retail, oh, but yeah. it was an eShop-only kind of game. Um, so I figure any kind of DLC, you know, if fans want more, at that point, it's just icing on the cake. You know, that's such a great... The home SteamWorld uh, series is great. should play them all, actually. But uh, Heist in particular is really, really excellent. Mm-hmm. And hey, you know, if, uh, five bucks, eh, why not? It's DLC, you, you like the game, you get some more stuff. Why yeah. not? You know, one of the cool things about it, too, is you get the character, you get the story, you get the couple of missions, but you also get extra hats. Some of them are pretty clever and pretty fun. So it gives you a, a bit more of that. You get some more, uh, I think, a one or two more open slot things, so you can actually hold more uh, over your campaign. And so they do a, a few improvements in that sense. So it really is for for Fido, I think a good you know good thing to invest in if you if you like the game. If you're kind of lukewarm on it, or you think you might be done afterwards, and you're, you're okay with that, maybe it's not something you need to go out and make sure you experience. But yeah, any fans they they should enjoy this just as much. It's got as much polish as the game itself. And Stephen, you're playing this on 3ds, correct? Absolutely. Yep. Now has it? I know it came out on 3ds first i don't know if it's come out on anything else it hasn't but it's coming out soon on other platforms it's supposed to hit every major platform i think the wii u is next um i don't know the the whole timetable after that but image inform definitely appreciates nintendo and nintendo fans especially with how SteamWorld dig was received and uh you know i I might double dip in the wii u version just because of the hd upgrade looks very crisp and beautiful and honestly i did that I, i triple dipped with uh SteamWorld Dig. I just love, you know, Image Informs games, but um, the 3DS was definitely the uh, the beginner, the uh, the starting point, and and rightfully so. I mean, it looks beautiful in that system too, and it was it was so great to have in a handheld form. When I uh, I probably talked about this back when it came out, but 
I actually um, was spending time in the hospital, not for myself, but for my uh, girlfriend's father who had some stuff going on. And he's all well now. He's very healthy, so it's all good. But you know, we spent a lot of time being there for him and everything. And uh, having this in a handheld, you know, when when pretty much he's sleeping and we're just kind of sitting there, you know, just when 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 we're not paying attention to him, I was paying attention to SeaWorld Heights. It was awesome. <laughs> so, you know, you bring up a a, a point that I kind of want to touch on. So you said you triple dipped on this. So you had to buy a SteamWorld Dig twice. Uh, I know yes, at least twice on 3DS and on Wii U. Now, I know Nintendo's kind of um, relaxed a little bit more on the uh, possibility of, uh, you know, cross-buy. Um, the uh, Jules Watson over on Renegade Kid. He recently just uh, did Mutant Mud Super Challenge, and you buy one version, and you automatically get a download code for the other version. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Image and Form can either a retroactively do this for Heist once it hits the Wii U, or and or uh, the DLC is transferable. So if you buy the DLC for the 3DS, if you buy the Wii U version, you can also get the DLC. You know, also not for free, but since you already paid for it, right. but also for the Wii U version. Instead of paying ten bucks for it for both versions, you can just pay five and get it everywhere, which would be really the fair thing. It, it would be nice. I mean, not required by them, obviously, but eh, it, it'd be a nice gesture anyway. Image Inform has certainly spoken on Twitter, even directly with me, uh, about that sort of thing and how they really like the idea of being able to do that. The logistics clearly show it's possible. I don't know if it's uh, developer by developer or publisher by publisher, but I would hope that they would do that. I, the thing with Mutant Muds, at least those two or those two versions came out at the same time, You're which right, makes right. it really easy to do. Now, you know, how do you? I don't know if it's easy for Image Inform to know if you already bought the 3DS version and if you can somehow unlock something about the Wii or. Uh, but with the Nintendo or my Nintendo accounts, which are now active. I would hope that it'd be easy for them to say, okay, hey, you're buying the Wii U version. Oh, well, let's, you know, let's give you the DLC on the 3DS as well. Or Right. Uh, and now I know for sure there is a way for even a third-party publisher to know that you bought a previous game in their, uh, in their library. Mm-hmm. Um, because you actually got a discount on Mutant Mud Super Challenge if you've already bought Mutant Mud's, the original, on uh, either Wii U or 3DS. And according to Jules, it's actually pretty easy to do something like cross-buy or discounts on their games if you've already bought something from that same developer. Mm-hmm. It's like filling out a few papers with Nintendo, and then it's like, all right, whatever you want to do. Sure. Well, okay, then um, there's no excuse. Image there's Inform. no excuse, Image Inform. <laughs> it, would be, it would be nice. Image and Inform, I- fill out those forms. <laughs> You're required now. To improve their image. Mm. hey Nice. SteamWorld Heist is a great game. I'll reiterate that. And the DLC is definitely worth it if you're playing either, if you love the game and you do want more content. You know, it definitely is, is fun to experience that, especially now that it's been a few months since the, the original came out. Or uh, if you're playing it brand new, it almost is nice, if you don't mind, throwing the five bucks in now because I think playing this story alongside the actual story as you're experiencing it all would be a great improvement. Or a benefit, not an improvement. The game's great as it is. You know, it's not required, but it would have been cool to have this earlier on. Which, to Joe's probably point in his head, why the hell didn't they just do that? And who knows? 
But <laughs> it would have been nice to actually have when I first was experiencing the game. It wasn't DLC that felt like it added so much to it in the sense of it being uh, something that revamped my interest or something like that. Um, Steve and was, Joe, you guys just want everything all at once. Yeah, it's well, true. Give me all the stuff. You know, I, I'm I'm definitely not so much in Joe's camp though with that. I mean, with Mario Kart, I thought that the way they did DLC was great. Smash Brothers, though, not so pleased with it. Maybe because of the cross buy needed to be a bit more fair, but. Yeah, that game was expensive. And I haven't even bought the DLC for it just because of that. I just haven't gotten around to it. Any of it. DLC can get off of my lawn. <laughs> I've got a lawn and I want to keep it nice. They got off your lawn and just piled onto my lawn and I bought them all. I, I have no restraint. I know. <laughs> I have no regrets. I love Mewtwo and I love using Cloud from Final Fantasy. So well, I, really I would to. love all of those things. I would love it. You have to pay all of the money. Yeah, yeah, that's the issue. Is what's daunting for me is that there's no, and maybe it really wouldn't be fair per se either. But there's no, you know, bundle where I can get it cheaper if I buy it all at once or anything. And so it's just so much. It's almost like another game until well, no, they it, release it, is it all on NX. Well, it is cheaper if you buy it all at once. By how much? By some dollars. <laughs> some monies. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's a discount in American dollars. Yeah, no, there's a there's a I think a huge bundle you can buy. I forget what the price is because it's been so long since I since I bought it. Yeah, but it actually is cheaper, and you get um, all the DLC for both the Wii U version and the 3DS version. Hmm. I'll look Assume, into that. Assuming I'm, you know, if, I think I may be the only one still playing the 3DS version, at least from Negative World. Part of me is afraid to boot that up just because I'm afraid of my my C stick. Uh, or my thumb pad, or whatever they call it, um, getting damaged because so many people were having that issue, and I didn't really have that problem myself when I was playing it. But uh, that is somewhat concerning. But I mean, you've you've been playing it so crazily. I mean, you've never had to replace that, have you? I have not. So, Although to be fair, I did just buy the new, smaller new 3ds. Mm-hmm. So the circle pad in that one is still brand new. Okay. I've put a ton of hours into Smash, and it's it's still fine. All right. Well, you know, one thing I'll say about the the bundling is that when when the bundles were first coming out, like they had the first bundle and the second bundle, and they had you know all these costumes and, and one character in one stage or something. I, when you do the math, they added up to the same thing if you bought it all at once. It just was a convenient way instead of having twenty transactions. So if they've now gone back and bundled it all together, now that's all out, that actually is somewhat appealing. Um, at least the characters and stages. I'm not necessarily concerned with the the, the costumes for the Mies, but oh man, some of those stages are so cool. Oh my gosh, I know this, that's that's what I want probably the most. Yeah, the Street Fighter stage is really awesome. The Final Fantasy VII stage is great. Um, you know, the one they did for Mario Maker. I mean, that was brilliant. I don't even have the uh, what is it the um, Miiverse one. Miiverse? Oh, that's on the uh, Wii U version. Yeah, I have not seen that one. To Joe's point with the NX, though, I'm I'm even wondering if I should hold off now and just pay maybe a little bit more than that price, but get it on the NX and do potentially we, new stuff. Do we know it's coming to the NX? We don't there, know. There's a huge rumor with, I guess, some substantial evidence amongst certain key people in the industry that say that that would be one of the couple of Wii U, uh, not necessarily remakes, but just re-releases. That, that remaster? Would, yeah. That Part... Would, I think part of the thinking is that if Sakurai poured his entire life into a game 
that was only on a system that was alive for like a year and a half, two years after the release of that game, he might explode. So, you know, I think that for his sanity, that game should should get a, you know another chance at at life on on the on a new console. I, I think that's the strongest sort of. Joe, what are you talking about? It's on 3DS. Millions of people have bought it. That is true. That is true. That is true. I was thinking console only, like a classic negative worlder. I apologize. You, you guy who thinks of consoles. I apologize. Well, it'll make the whole NX thing be uh, a little more interesting if it happens to be some sort of weird console handheld hybrid. I know. I hope it's a weird console Hansel. 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 (laughs) Blue Steel. Console Hansel and... And <laughs> Hansel's so hot right now. <laughs> the Nintendo NX Hansel and Gretel confirmed. You heard it here yeah. first, folks. That does sound like a really bad like demo game that came out on the you know when they forward being announced. You know, like yeah. the first three D graphics had a Hansel and Gretel sixty four, and then that game just never came out or became Quest sixty four or something. No oh, god, <laughs> but. <clears throat> Alas, let's uh, let's move forward, shall we, to our main topics. I got nothing else to say about Steam World Heist, but yeah, buy the game, buy the DLC if you love the game. Simple as that. Uh, I wanted to, well, you know what? Oh yeah, let's let's take a break. That's what we do, right? Let's let's take a break. Let's take a break. Get some water. Take a let's breather. Take a break. Talk about DLC some more during the break and get all worked oh, up. Yeah. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with our main topics. Uh, we have a handful. And uh, we'll start off with Mitomo. Everyone's with us still. Uh, I am. That wasn't too long of a break. Grant, you back? Wake up, everybody. We're back. We're back, and things have changed. I'm looking at the Nintendo System Survivor Poll results, and DS and 3DS have now tied it up. Whoa. So live here on the show, things are happening. And, uh, yeah, the DS and 3DS are tied. Mr. Mustache is still not sure who the hell voted for Super Nintendo, and uh, everyone else is pretty much one or two votes, but uh, DS, 3DS are pretty neck and neck. I, oh. I feel there's some strategic stuff going on here or something. If DS gets voted out at this point, I don't, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> you know, I think they're going to colonize Mars at some point, so... Uh, I'm, I'm going to move there. I can't... I can't handle this. I saw 
Matt Damon survive on Mars for a long time? He can look that hard. Yeah, if Matt Damon can do it, I can do it. Potatoes from shit. <laughs> Podcast how you, title. How do you like them apples? <laughs> Better than the potatoes. Probably. They're delicious apples. But alas, let's uh, let's get into our main topic here. Uh, one of the main topics. I wanted to bring up pretty much one of the biggest things coming from Nintendo in a while, which may or may not be disappointing to some folks, but Mitomo. And, and, you know, my Nintendo hit in March, I believe. And it was late March. I think it was like the very last day of March or something. It, yeah, it was literally the last day in March. <laughs> so nice job, Nintendo, for keeping their promise. But, uh, but yeah, so that, that release, and, and so did Mitomo. And pretty much all of April is when we were kind of getting used to this thing. But to explain to people what Mitomo is really quickly, Mitomo is Nintendo's first, technically their first. I mean, I think Pokemon Shuffle came out on phones before Mitomo did. This is their first actual phone app that wasn't uh, based off of an existing game. And in it, you have your Me, which uh, I think we all have our... Did you guys all import yours? Or did you make yeah. a new one? Yeah, I, I wasn't going to make something new. I am who I am, you know? Yeah, and, it's a uh, Me. <laughs> it's a Me grant, right? Exactly. But uh, so you, you as your as your me, you interact with your friends and you just answer a bunch of questions. It's like those surveys that we used to do back in like high school in the uh, at least for me the early two thousands. And um, there'd always be like five thousand question survey, and then you pass it to your friends and they answer the questions. But it's that, but it's one by one. And you just kind of share answers, read answers, and then there's clothing you you can change all the time to make yourself more you know unique. And uh, they've got it all tied to a coin system that makes it addicting and you force yourself to do it just so you earn points that you may use on something later in, in life. That's kind of what I think the goal is, but uh, that's pretty much what it is, though. It's 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 a social platform, kind of like Meverse, but with directed questions. It's kind of like every, everybody votes from the uh, from the yes. Wii channel. Yes. So they, except, yeah, except you can actually earn those coins, which earns you free stuff. Mm-hmm. And discounts from Nintendo's eShop. Absolutely. And so, and that's been a pretty cool link. Um, I definitely have gotten a game from there already, but it's it's a little weird because the Mitomo silver coins work the same as, or uh, platinum coins from Mitomo work the same as a platinum coin you'd earn otherwise, but certain bonuses can only be earned with platinum coins, while some can be earned with gold coins, even though that they are kind of the same general type of bonus like discounts on games and free games, stuff like that. So it's a little weird how they're doing all this. But back on Mitomo, I, I wanted to know, first off, what has your overall experience been with the game, and how do you feel about it? Grant? I have basically only been playing this just so I can earn those coins, so I can get discounts and, and freebies. If, you- it, yeah, if this was not tied to my Nintendo and the, and the coins and you know Nintendo's discounts and whatnot... I don't know if I'd actually bother with it. Do you? So you don't find yourself genuinely kind of wanting to learn more about people or talk to, talk about things? You just kind of do the. I think it's to get to maximize your coins. You need to change your clothes. You need to answer three new questions, and you need to listen to ten of your friends' questions. Yes. So you just go through that, and you kind of shut it off. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Understood. I mean, I barely. I, I do that as the bare minimum. Sometimes I find myself wanting to do more, but only because, as a completionist, you know that I can be. Uh, I try to collect them all, so to speak, which is really stupid, probably, and a waste of my life. But you know that happens. Um, using the candy to to get some 
unlocked answers, so to speak, that I didn't naturally come upon. But Joe, what about you? Um, I am, I guess, probably the opposite of of Grant's in that I don't really care about the coins. I don't pay attention to it. I'll I take them. Yeah, I, guess, <laughs> I would probably do that if it was possible to transfer them to you. Um, you know, I assume that coins are being gathered somewhere, but I don't really pay attention. No, for me, it's just that I really. I really loved the everybody votes. First of all, I was going to ask, like Grant, you brought it up. Did you use that a lot on the Wii, or or no? Did you? Okay. I I thought the premise was kind of cool, but I just felt like it wasn't really utilized by many people, so I kind of fell out of use of it. I think I clicked on it three times, and I was like, "Ha, that's cute." Delete. Were four of those times by accident? Yeah. Uh, Amy and I had done everybody votes every every single time that we possibly could. And then when they eventually announced that they were shutting it down and they had like one last vote, we were very sad about it. We, we missed it. One last vote. Did you guys have like a fire and a whole ceremony and everything to like celebrate the final vote? A little bit. Press the button at the same time together. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But, uh, but so anyway, so I, I really love Mitomo. I, uh, I love the idea of being able to, interact with friends and like learn things about them that sometimes are just goofy and random and sometimes people just troll the answers and that makes sense because some of the questions are stupid um, <laughs> who, who, who would ever troll the answers on Mitomo? <laughs> <laughs> exactly but uh, but then sometimes like and I know I'm guilty of this like sometimes people will kind of like overshare if there's a question that's somewhat personal in nature and i i like that too i think that that's great too and i like like i have said i have learned more about the people in my social network from a couple of weeks on mitomo than years of facebook and twitter combined because the style of communication on facebook and twitter it's just not designed to have like any sort of personal connection really like you have the option to but you have to take the initiative whereas Mitomo because it's directed it kind of forces you down these paths right and obviously you, you can take them or leave them but you know you see what people say whereas you know Facebook and Twitter it's you know a lot of it's just like I don't know a lot of it is sharing other people's content yes I was Joe, just gonna you, say Joe you, you like that what you know, finding out more than maybe they would normally divulge to the Joe, public. Do you like finding out that blooming flowers question? <laughs> that one, the blooming flowers thing, is a little. W- once it sort of got out what the what the point of that question was, it it sort of changed the meaning, I think, for a lot of people. But and, and look, look, like I fully admit, a lot of me Tomo, as I always joke with friends, it's like the answer to everything is pizza, right? <laughs> Just like. Everything. What was your most recent purchase? Pizza. What's your favorite food? Pizza. What would you take to a desert island? Pizza. It's like, we get it. Everyone likes pizza. But I think that, you know, every 10 or 20 questions, you you get something that, for me, either makes me genuinely laugh or I learn something about someone else that I just didn't know. And and I think it's really great. I, I will say... I think it's the kind of thing that because it's not very like 
um, how can I put it? Like, you know, like people on like typical social networks or forums, you know, let's face it, they get in a lot of sort of like arguments or debates, whatever that, that keeps people coming back because that's conflict and it's exciting. There's no real room for conflict on Mitomo, which is great. I mean, there's very small room. And so I think people are not really motivated to come back. Like, I think there's been a really sharp drop off in, in everybody's activity. Mm-hmm. Like ev- everyone checked it out for a week or two and then pretty much left, I feel like. And that's kind of sad for me. Um, I still feel like I'm learning a lot about the five or six people that are left. But um, in a way, that's more focused and probably for me, I think I'd rather focus on them instead of having 80. Like right now I have not 80 people, but I've got uh, quite a few because of negative world and some Twitter and Facebook users. But uh, I've got quite a few people on there and. And not that I don't care, but it's hard for me to even keep track of who everyone is um, right. when they all have the random questions. I'm still getting some from early April, so that I hadn't come across yet. So sometimes I'll see these people who probably aren't active now. But then I've got someone like on Instagram. I had made a friend uh, from Utah, and I just just because we, I think she, you know, she likes the Nintendo stuff, and we just ended up befriending each other and following each other, and we talked a little bit, and now we're uh, friends on on Mitomo and we're learning a lot about each other and, and I feel like we're actually like we've been friends for a while now even though we've never right. actually met we've never even talked in chat we've only talked through Instagram comments and Mitomo and yep. uh and it's actually I think that's a really cool aspect of it and I'm glad that I mean she does post a lot so that's one thing but uh I don't have a bunch of people who are still strangers who aren't really posting enough to to let me into their lives but Sure. You know, might be posting enough to distract me from the people who actually seem to use the app. So I think maybe I'm hoping it's at a good level where it's kind of a constant stream of a few people because I don't really want a hundred different people constantly answering the same question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I get what you mean there. I, um, I guess for me, like, there was, there were certainly some connections from people, even like people on Negative World, that, um, for whatever reason, I never really got the chance to sort of, know beyond certain like superficial opinions about video games something like that which of course is great and the the whole reason why we're together but um but you know it was really neat to be able to like learn a little bit about them that distinguish them as people mm-hmm. like sometimes quite honestly on the forums uh you know there's people i only know as an avatar and a name and sometimes quite honestly for me those get like mixed up you know, like, uh, I've got so, the same problem even now you know, with me, with me, Toma, like I've added so many negative worlders and you know, you, you see someone who's got like five friends that, you know, it's like, Oh, well, I probably know them too then, you know, and, and it kind of does get a little jumbled. Right. But so Mitoma was actually allowing me to sort of like learn a little bit about some of these different people and like distinguish them as individuals. And I thought, you know, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so, but it is what it is. Like I said, I, I think that a lot of the participation has dropped off pretty sharply, which is which is disappointing. I'm wondering if maybe there's anything Nintendo could do that would make it more attractive to bring those people back uh, without kind of ruining what what it is that I like about the system, which is so, sort of the just like just like learning about people for the sake of of learning about people. You know, there's not really any other agenda to it which i think is what's great about it so i don't know uh, maybe make the rewards more enticing or something 
so that people want to get those coins more or something like that. I'm not yeah, they get sure. me to check in more often. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's great if you, like you said, you just do it to get the coins and then and then peace out. I mean, I think that's fine because I've seen the you know the comments that you make. I certainly don't think that they are as uh, you know vacuous as your philosophy might imply. You know, I think that your comments. I I, I would have never known that if you hadn't said that. I, I would have thought that you just like loved it and and loved participating in it because I think a lot of your comments have been great. So. Uh, whatever keeps you going there, that's fine with me. If it's just that, uh, if it's just the filthy lucre of Mitomo coins, then 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 that's great. So I, I like my free stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was just going to ask Grant that, and then I mean, but you're right, just from your own experience. But I guess so, people who are listening can understand better. Uh, I want to say that uh, Grant. So you, when you comment, even though you're just doing it kind of for the incentive of the coins, do you you still seem to put in an actual thought into your response you're just not trying to be hilarious or just you know get some text down there so you get the coins but uh do you you find that you actually answer honestly or earnestly um usually it's just whatever pops into my uh into my head whenever i'm reading the question just whatever Mm -hmm. pops in my head first um what i what generally happens is that i have a good 10 to 15 minutes um, waiting with my son, dropping him off at school. Mm-hmm. And so just to kill some time, like I'll fire up Mitomo, knock out those, you know, 10 questions, the three answers, change my clothes. And, you know, my son, he's entertained by it. He'll watch me do it. And uh, then, I'm, you know, by the time I'm done with it, it's like, oh, time to go to school. He's out the car and off to class. Yeah. You know, I've noticed too that uh, just recently that your your posts seem to be all very morning oriented. So I was yeah, expecting that. Yeah, it's always first thing in the morning. So I usually do a little bit of Mitomo on my commute into work because uh, I am a passenger in a carpool. Typically, I don't normally drive in the carpool, and um, so it gives me time. And I've noticed that like Grant just posted ten minutes ago. I'm like, oh, okay, well, early. Yes, I, I never do it at night. Yeah, which actually kind of makes me angry because a lot of my friends. That's when they'll check in at Mitomo, and that's when that phone just <laughs> bing, 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 bing. I have like twenty new updates from Mitomo. It's like Scott commented on something, Stephen commented on something, Joe liked this. Play. I'm like, oh my god, you guys! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I, gotta turn that off. Yeah, I got I gotta shut off my phone or put it on silent or something because I'll be sitting. Well, down just there. stop. Just stop the uh, app from sending not- notifications. Right? So you know, before the show, Amy said that she she does that. Do you do that too, Joe? Do what? Turn off those notifications? Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. I just sign into the app and see stuff. Well, right. I mean, I I mean, I mean, do too, obviously, but I, I get those notifications and I just usually shrug them off. I don't ever even directly yeah, check I don't. them. Yeah, but, I don't want that. <laughs> uh, but did you, did you keep it on for a minute? I mean, I wanted to ask you, what the hell do you think that sound is? To me, it sounds like a sneeze. For me, yeah. The, the, my phone, my phone is set to vibrate anyway, so I don't have the. So you've never even heard. I never it? heard it. No. Oh my gosh! Wow. So what me and Grant have the issue with, I think, and maybe this is why we need to change our policy. But uh, like, I usually turn my Wi-Fi off at night, and then I'll kick it back on, and so there's no internet connection to my phone while I'm sleeping. And when I turn it on, it's you know reads to me Tomo, and there's usually like five or six notifications all in a row, and it, it does like this weird like. It plays a sound constantly for as many times as there are, so it like stutters almost, and it's some sort of sneeze anyway. So it just sounds really weird. It freaks me out every morning. I always get caught off guard because I forget it's going to happen. 
It is an indescribable noise. We have no idea what the hell it is. It is. It. My, my son thinks it sounds like laughing, and there's like a uh, like almost like a wind chime at the very end of it. Right. And I could totally, I could totally hear like Stephen. You're saying it kind of sounds like a sneeze. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could hear that. Like at the very beginning, it has that kind of like almost kind of like a record scratch in a kind of way. Yeah, it's just like a to get your attention, you know. Yeah, and it is it is very freaky, especially if you have your uh, volume cranked up to like eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I, I jumped a couple times. It, it's very good at reminding me that my Wi-Fi's still on in the middle of the night, right? And I haven't even realized like I'm you know getting ready for bed or something, and then suddenly just right next to my head, I, the phone is you know on the desk or something, and uh, and then there it goes. But so I had a few questions here that I kind of wanted to go through. We kind of touched upon like. Are you learning about your friends? Clearly, we are. It's just the amount of friends we're learning from is getting less and less as the days go on. Um, do you use any other aspects of the game bef- besides the questioning? Because there's the, the the me drop. There's the shopping for clothing, where you know your friend is always the person selling it to you, which I think is kind of a nice touch. And there's a lot of different clothing options. Uh, yeah, they you- took that from Tomodachi Life. Right. Okay. Uh, is it really, is it designed the same way too? Does it look the same? Um, kind of. Wow. Okay. Is there anything else about the app that takes from that? You think? I mean, obviously they use the same, uh, you know, voice, uh, like whatever the, like the me voices are, it's the same technology that they use in Tomodachi life. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the clothing options are the same. Um, you know, the, the way you shop is the same. Um, all the like the walking animations and like when they're talking to you and everything, it's very Tomodachi life. So, you know, Tomodachi for, I'm sure a lot of people actually know this just from pop culture, but Tomodachi is the Japanese word for friend. Tomodachi. (laughs) And so I'm thinking here, I'm looking at me Tomo as a word. I'm saying, well, me friend. Okay. That makes sense for what what the application is. But do you think that Tomodachi or me Tomo almost comes more from the Tomodachi life aspect of it is it that heavily influenced i've never played tomodachi life i would assume so yes hmm. you should that check out tomodachi sense. life it's fun even now even even when it's kind of past its prime with everybody else i i would still recommend it yeah eh, maybe i'll take a look at it. i've never really given it more than a, a few seconds glance but there's a lot of good games that i pass up that way yeah if, if you like mitomo chances are you're probably like tomodachi life Okay, yeah, there you go. So I'm playing the demo and I don't even realize it. Yeah, me, me Tomo is way more connected, obviously, because it's tied in with Facebook and uh, I think Twitter, I want to say. Twitter, yeah. Um, Instagram in the sense of being able to post images and stuff. Okay. Um, and actually, they're, you know, this is actually for Shadowlink. I need to announce this. They're about to provide an update that allows you to use email addresses and other ways to link to, to get a MeTomo account and then also link to your friends. He was adamant about not signing up for Facebook or Twitter, and so he hasn't been joining us in the fun. But it looks like he'll be able to do that now. Wonderful. We get to learn all kinds of weird stuff about Shadowlink. And big spiders from Australia. And koala bears. <laughs> yeah, actually, even that they kind of took from uh, Tomodachi Life, because you can take pictures within the game, mm-hmm. and you can post them directly from the 3DS to Facebook and, and Twitter and uh, one other, it wasn't Instagram. I want to say it was like Tumblr or 
Flickr or something like that. Hmm. I, I don't have either one of those. I I have Twitter and I have Facebook. Tumbleflick. Tumbleflick. Tweet stomp. You know, that actually brings up a quick point I want to make. One of the things I think is wrong with this app that I don't like is the fact that when I change my clothes, okay, it asks me, do I want to take a picture? Sure. Fair enough. I say no, though, sometimes. If the clothing option is just dumb and I'm just doing it to change my clothes and I don't have anything new or creative, you know, uh, I'll just do that. And it asks me, I decline respectfully. And then the next time I go to, to answer one of my own questions, it says, hey, we took a picture earlier and here it is. And it's me in, my, in that outfit. But it just generates the picture for me. You yep. did that without my consent, Mitomo. How dare you? That's horrible. But then it forces me to go through the dialogue of saying no again. And it's just <laughs> it's just frustrating. Like, don't do that. You know, I mean, I guess it's it wants us to see the pictures and, and think they're funny. But, man, it, that's a pain in the ass. It, if I say no, I say no. No means no, Nintendo. No means no. That's the lesson. <laughs> But other than that, I mean, that's one of the only real improvements I wish they would make to it right now that I can think of. Is there anything else? I got an improvement. Okay, yeah, I was just going to say. This, this kind of bugs me, and maybe this is a small thing, but when, when I click to see, so you know, like, uh, you click on recent, and it shows, like, you know, things that have gotten new responses or likes, right? Mm -hmm. When I click then to see those responses, it doesn't take away the little orange dot saying that I have seen the likes and so to get that question removed from my recent I have to go separately click on the likes sure and that's just annoying well yeah because when you click on the question and the answer the likes are right there anyway yes why even now, have a separate like the people's names are not next to them you gotta you'd have to identify it by just their face but I feel like if you click on the comments, you see all the faces. If there's someone there that you don't recognize, you want to know the name, whatever, then just you should be able to just click on those faces to see the names. Yeah. And then bing, bang, boom, you're all set. Um, yeah, at the very least, even if you want to list them separately like that, when I click on one, it should clear the other from, you know, it should mark the other as viewed as well. Because it's just. You know, in order to keep the flow going, I want to like just go through them, like look at the comments, move to the next one. And yeah, seriously, just... Nintendo, get get your act together. Come on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just a, it's together. just a little annoying. Just a little annoying that you click on one and it's still sitting there. You know I gotta got it again for no reason. I often ignore to click the likes, and then it just eventually does get rid of that question. But uh, oh, really, but it, you're right though; it does hold it there for a while because it's not officially seen. You know. Right, right, right. And that's annoying, so I, I hear you, man. Yup. Um, I think that's probably the only the only real thing I can think of. I mean, it's not it's not super easy to tell like how do I find out this person's answers or what, you know, like I, it, it took a little guessing and checking to discover like what the most efficient way to get more answers was. Because when I first got the game, I thought that... Actually, it's not even a game. When I first got the app, I thought that the only way was to like click on a person and then give them candy, you know, to get like a specific answer to a specific question. But I quickly ran out of candy, and I was like, well, this sucks. I can't keep going. But that's not actually the way that you should do it. So it took me, you know, took me a day or two to figure that out. But Sure. 
You know, another improvement with the candy that I'd like to see is that I should be able to take X amount of candy, like five candies, and convert that into a ticket to use Mutomo Drop. I agree. Because I hate getting all this damn candy when I'm trying to get some stupid poodle hat or some crap, you know? That I oh. That's crap, but I want. And um, so if I amass enough candy and I don't feel like using it on the questions, why can't I just convert it back? Yeah, that's another thing they need to change, too. You reminded me when you said the poodle hat. Yeah. Like, does the Mii's face always have to change into a dog or a cat if you mention anything about a oh. dog or a cat? <laughs> now, do you want that removed or do you want there to be more animal representation? No, just get no, stop it. Stop it, Nintendo. <laughs> you know, it's kind of cool they have these little things in there. Like, if you mention Mario or Zelda or Nintendo, I think they do little chimes, at least a coin, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and they can almost take it farther, I think. But maybe the... Um, the pet thing is a little different. It is true that some of them, I feel like I'm watching like an anime that was uh, dubbed and something was lost in the translation <laughs> because sometimes someone will be saying something and they'll, they'll like just like shrink down to an ant size and I'm like, what triggered that? Like, what what did they say that that brought that on? But that's a fun experience at the app is not knowing what the hell's happening sometimes, <laughs> especially yeah. if you're playing on like. Uh, silent and you're not necessarily even like like you just posted your comment but it starts reading other people's comments you don't, you're not even paying attention you're just seeing your characters do this stuff that's funny or, or even I've seen pictures posted where that actually happens too so how is it reading anything from that you know? yeah yeah unless it was me- maybe it was mentioning another comment or something I don't know but you know I do appreciate that you can post any picture you want though there was um that uh, my friend from Utah she had posted that Hank Hill was her favorite male cartoon character and so everyone Propane. all of her friends yeah there was one of the things that all of her friends kept posting all these memes and screenshots with text from uh king of the hill and it just it was fun as hell just kind of reading that thread this morning it's funny it was like the daily chat thread but with pictures so anyway you know we, we've definitely talked at length about this uh this app here. So let me just ask one quick question and we can move on. Uh, Wait, am I going to earn coins from this or no? No, no. <laughs> I'm opting out. <laughs> <laughs> too late, too late. Is this a good app, first app from Nintendo overall? Is it a success to you? Is it creative uh, or whatever you want to define first good app? Uh, it, it's it's got me a couple of free games and some discounts. So it, it's gotten that out of it. Anyway, I've gotten that out of it anyway. Joe? Rousing success, a hundred percent. No, I, I just, I think it is a really good introductory app because it is just such a general thing. I mean, it's just like a way for people to communicate with each other. It's not. Uh, so I really think it is a very good first step, as opposed to if it was truly a game. Game, like if it was, if the first thing from Nintendo on mobile was, you know, the Fire Emblem or Animal Crossing. Um, I think that that would just be a little bit more difficult in terms of like a first toe in the water kind of thing. But I think this is a really good like foundation to lay out for their for their mobile space. So yeah, I wonder um, if they did something super easy like this so it would be easy for people to earn coins. Cuz thing if they put like mm-hmm. a uh, you know a Mario platformer or like a Star Fox shooter kind of game and you only right. got coins if you got to like level 5. But what if you suck at the game? And you never make it there, and you never earn coins. Right. Right. This is a game you can't suck at, really. Yeah. 
But I now, mean, to that you end, can't, but you still get coins anyway. <laughs> true. Real quick, like, would you ever want to see like a pla- Mario platformer or a Star Fox on mobile? No, I would not. No. <laughs> Personally, you know, I think something like Animal Crossing makes perfect sense. A, a strategy game like Fire Emblem, sure, I can see that. But I wouldn't want anything that requires like actual action, uh, timed inputs. Yeah. That sort of thing. And, you know, I say Fire Emblem is not action just because you do have time to think and input properly. You don't have to right. make sure you're hitting right. a button at the right time, that kind of thing. Right, right. Definitely. Like Paper Mario wouldn't be good on it, or Mario yeah. Luigi as an RPG, because. And um, certainly, like, I'm hoping that uh, whatever Animal Crossing app it is, I'm hoping that it's just like a companion to a full standalone console or handheld game. And this is just a way to, like, you know, manage your turnips while you're on the go or something like that. Like, I really hope that they don't just think, like, oh, well, you know, Animal Crossing perfectly lends itself to mobile. So we don't need to make, you know, console handheld Animal Crossing games anymore. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that will never happen. That they will never actually abandon their core premise like that Mm. for a mobile substitute. I don't think Nintendo not that they have the balls to do it, because I don't think that it's actually a smart idea but I think that they know better. I think that they would make it a companion app you would get something like a happy home designer well before you'd get anything like uh, you know, New Leaf in an app mm-hmm. form. And and with how many characters Animal Crossing has, I really do hope that yeah, like you said, that it's a companion app that either you can manage turnups or you can do certain things while you're away and maybe if they affect your own game that'd be kind of neat um but then again you have a handheld so what's the what's the difference i mean if it ties into an hd wii u or wii NX, or well nintendo nx version maybe that could have something to do with it or if it's more like the island that the game boy advance connector had on the gamecube version that could be something neat too but i would be happy just having some sort of uh you know phone book or something of these characters that maybe i could i could do certain things and set up you know, plans to have them come over, or I could uh, maybe maybe there's a way that when you have an opening in your town, you can actually uh, yeah try to court somebody to come to your town or something like yep. that. Yep, all that would be amazing. Or you know, but I, I guarantee that that app is going to. I feel like it's going to have partially a designer app on it, so you can actually design clothing while on the go, that sort of thing. You can do that sort of creative uh, action. Mm-hmm. When you're away from the system, although I still think the 3ds or the handheld kind of in general is probably better for that. I guess I will be the outlier if they make, you know, a Mario or a Star Fox or you know a Zelda or something like that for the mobile. If it's fun, I'll play it. Would you rather? Would you like it to be on handheld as well, or would you like it to be dedicated to the phone? So long as the game's fun, I don't care. Hmm. Interesting. Well, fair enough. I mean, I just don't like the controls of a phone. Burn this heretic. No, I'm sure. Well, I, that's exactly. I mean, it would have to be the controls would have to work. If they just put you know, like a link between worlds on the phone, then yeah, no, I wouldn't like that because I don't think that would work. That would be too. That would be too weird. But hey, you know, to your point, maybe like a phantom hourglass where you you're pretty much pointing to move anyway. Yeah, it'd have to be a, a more simpler version of phantom hourglass. I don't know how they could do that and still make it fun, but it, hey, if anyone's going to figure it out, I'm pretty sure Nintendo could do it. We're just going to have cross 
in every form and fashion for every franchise. You know what they actually could do? At least the Pokemon company could do because they could have like a a Pokemon Stadium type game on the phone. Sure, just battles. You know, tap which attack you want to use, and maybe even do those. Uh, you know, those chess by mail games that they used to have. Mm-hmm. You could battle <laughs> your friend. You know, and select your attack, and then whenever they get around to checking in on the you know their Pokemon battle app, they would see the attack, see what you did, and then they, they can respond. And then whenever you open up the app again, you know you can kind of battle. It'd be a super long battle, depending on how long you guys uh, take to respond to each other. But I think that could that could work pretty well. Sure, that's interesting. Yeah, that or imagine if you could use that to level up a character. You know, just on the go battles. Yeah. Um, not necessarily battle. You know, only battling when you cross certain people's paths. But and I don't think that the the phone would want to have a street pass type thing on it considering what could be taken from you is not just your gaming data you know what i mean if you were to start something like that but yeah plus that would drain your battery phone i that's the other thing mitomo i, I don't know about you guys but that thing drains oh, yeah, batteries i don't i don't have this there's a special setting that allows you to kind of minimize that i've never tried it because i i just have no interest in uh nerfing the the app but oh yeah, yeah. i definitely know that i'm going to be draining like 10 percent of my phone within about 10 minutes it's crazy how fast it goes. Who knows? I don't know why exactly, but it doesn't drain a lot of data, which is nice. I, yeah. I use I often use it on 4G, and it doesn't really take much from my plan to because it is tech. That's all it is. But it does drain the battery like like crazy. Nintendo Magic takes a lot of battery. <laughs> it, it makes the 3DS look great in comparison. Yeah, the 3DS can last all day, kind of. Yeah, depends. <laughs> So uh, let's let's jump ship from this and touch base. Um, just a couple of things. We don't have to go too in depth with it, but I, I had to bring up the fact that Pokemon Sun and Moon. I think it was yesterday had its a big unveiling announcement. Yes. Um, you know, it was just a few weeks ago. I think that we actually had the Sun and Moon names themselves announced. But that that was it. We didn't even get a chance to see the starters or any of the legendaries. But now we have the starters. We've got shots from in-game, uh, game explained to their analysis trailer thing. You know, yeah. They do. Uh, I watched Those that guys today. are amazing. They are. However, their video for this completely made me double down on my opinion that this is not very impressive at all. So, oh, no. so let, let me go into this because you guys can either change, try to change my opinion or just hear me out. But uh, things that we do know about Sun and Moon is that the release date is November 18th, so which is pretty much the big day. Uh, pre-Thanksgiving release. So this is going to be one of their big titles, if not the big title for the handhelds. Um, the starters, there's three of them. We've got Rowlet, which is a grass and flying owl. Uh, it knows Leafage, which is a leaf-based attack. You know, cool. Uh, Litten is a fire cat. It knows Ember. And then um, there's also a mention about <laughs> fire hairballs, which is what it... <laughs> it's know, what it looks like, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's like legitimately written to the, the character data. Uh, and then there's Poplio, which is a water-based sea lion. And it, it knows water gun, obviously. We expect that. But um, my thoughts on the starters, and, and let me ask you this and then we'll go into the rest. But my thoughts on the starters, are, they actually look pretty cool. I do like them. Agreed. Um, I think they're all unique. I think they're all kind of adorable. Joe, you like these guys? Um, I kind of go, I have like the full range 
range where right now I think like Rowlet is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Litten kind of doesn't really do anything for me, and Poplio looks kind of goofy. But uh, yeah, it's it's that. But I, I usually kind of feel that <laughs> on uh, on Poplio. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the clown nose that's turning me off at the moment. But <laughs> uh, but I usually feel I usually feel something similar to this every time they show the the three starters. There's usually one that I'm like, yes, I'm going to do that one. And there's usually one I'm indifferent on. There's usually one I'm like, eh, what's going on there? So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, each starter has had a, that kind of creature already in the game before. We've had owls, we've had cats, we've had sea lions or seals, those kinds of things. So I'm kind of disappointed that it's not more unique in that sense, but I still think that the design is pretty cool, you know, uh, for what it is. Um, the game explaining video did kind of elaborate some possible clues on what their evolutions might be like and things like that. So that's kind of was a nice touch. Like Litten's got a lot of um, distinct markings that imply uh, certain aspects about its potential future, and Poplio. It doesn't look so much in the game, but there is some official art that makes it look a little more fun and unique using certain bubbles. Right. And, right. Uh, and Rowlet, of course, everyone's freaking out because it can turn its head 180 degrees like it, you know, other owls. Mm-hmm. But, um, although I think Pokey, Fre- uh, no, it wasn't Pokey Freak, it was Pokey Pal who made the comment that, uh, on, on Rowlet saying, enjoy your ice weakness <laughs> because of grass and flying. But <laughs> Right, <true>. yeah. <laughs> so, it, Rowlet's my favorite of the pack, I think, but I really, to that effect, I don't know if I want to bother with that if it's got a super crazy dual weakness like that. Um, but having having a flying Pokemon from the start also negates the need to get a fly whore, you know? Right, it's yeah. Like for your HM whores, so. But that to that effect, Poplio I kind of would like to get because it's always good to have someone with Surf, you know, as soon as possible. And, and based on the, the map for the... The game that we've seen so far, there's going to be a lot of water. This whole game is based in like Hawaii type um, mm-hmm. atmosphere, and there's a lot of evidence per the game explained video where they pointed out how you're on one island, but I think you can go to multiple islands of Hawaii, so to speak. There's going right. to be more water than Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Yeah, and that had, that had a lot in it. So yeah, um, so you know, I mean, as far as strategy, what character you'd pick there definitely is some to have but um graphically i want to mention this graphically to me it looks just as standard as past games which disappoints me a little bit however i will give it credit that it looks like it's a little more dynamic of a world camera angles are a little bit more fluid and more it almost feels more like a 3d pokemon like we kind of wanted yeah i feel like when you see the character kind of moving around the map and around town Unlike the other Pokemon games where it still looked like the character is moving like grid by grid, like each time they took a step, it was like, okay, one square head, one square to the left, one square to the right. This one looks like it's much more fluid. It's almost like a, a standard 3D RPG when he's moving right. around town. Um, you know, he, he, there's a part in the, in, the, in the trailer where he's going like up this uh, slope and it kind of winds around to the left. And it's a very smooth. Um, transition as he goes around the bend. It doesn't look like he has to do the you know the stair step kind of thing when he had to do in the old RPGs. Right. Um, I think that's pretty cool. And even um, the camera angles on the Pokemon battles seem to be a little bit more different. There's more. I think there's more panning and zooming, and I hope that makes it a little more interesting. But definitely need more panning and zooming. 
I mean, really, I mean, we gotta. I think we have to move away from the static nature of. I, I wish we would move away from Pokemon Blue and more towards like Pokemon Stadium, even though that was still pretty frigid. You know, it was a little bit, but they still uh, they got some like uh, camera angles from like the top, like a kind of a bird's eye view. Mm-hmm. Um, some from behind, some when like the camera zooms in on the character and they kind of like throw a fireball or like a psychic attack, and then it kind of zooms out again to hit the other character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, anything to make it more dynamic. That's why I'm. Um, Actually, I'm interested in a Wii U game. Amazing, uh, the Pokémon tournament. Yeah, because those battles look make it look more like the uh, like the anime. It's very dynamic, very fast paced. Um, it looks like what you'd expect to see out of a battle. Between yeah, and yeah. If they ever want to mix up the uh, standard issue Pokémon, uh, you know, like the standard RPG, change the uh, you know the turn based battles to this. You know, maybe a quick real time battle, and you only have like four buttons that do four different attacks. That could be kind of cool. how many moves Pokemon have. There you go. That would certainly change things uh, drastically. Yeah. They'd, they'll never do it, because why would they? Yeah. But it'd be kind of cool if they did. They don't, they don't change even small things. Why would they change something gigantic? They're making but too much money. it would be nice, money. maybe... Yeah, it would be nice, maybe, like, to do an offshoot series, like, cancel that whole mystery dungeon thing, and then do, like, a... Pokemon action is, series or something. Yeah, the Mystery Dungeon games, they keep making them. I mean, obviously people are Someone buying them, Someone must right? be buying them. Someone must be buying them. And it kind of is disappointing because I kind of liked the um, the Ranger games. And, and those seem to be completely shelved forever. So, so yeah. clearly not enough people were buying those. But, uh, yeah. And people keep on buying the... Uh, Mystery Dungeon stuff, people like the the Ranger stuff, and they refuse to make another Pokemon Snap. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Why I don't there wasn't like Pokemon, Pokemon Snap, Snap on yeah, the, Wii U, that, that will be a eternal mystery, I think. Yeah, like, I don't even like Pokemon Snap, but it, it makes way too much sense for you know with the gamepad, or even on 3DS for that matter. I mean, both of them have cameras. Like, Why would they not it's do this? true. Very true. And even well, even without using the actual camera, I don't even necessarily need to be in my real world. Just you have a, a nice screen like that in front of you. Oh me. yeah. Um, it might be a little bit harder with the th- well, with the 3ds, I guess, because if you're moving the only screen you have. But like with the Wii U, it seems primed for that sort of thing. You actually use that as the is your camera screen versus you know everything else. You can see the wide picture of what's going on around you, and then you can kind of use that to zoom in. And do certain things, but yeah, but yeah, but 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 that would make way too much sense. Too much. Sense. I mean, even if they did an eShop title, you know, just like a bare, almost a bare bones thing. I think would have no, sold so no. many. You're you're using logic here. You, they'll never do that. <laughs> I don't know, yep. but back to Pokemon uh, Sun and Moon. Um, yes. The, in my opinion, this is probably like jumping around because I just kind of threw some random thoughts down, but like. I am a little tired to see that there's yet again three starter Pokemon, and they're all you know the the rock paper scissors of each other. And then we have the Sun Legendary and the Moon Legendary, even though those legendaries look pretty cool. I just really want some change. You know, I mean, we, I hear like, you. what would you want instead? Yeah, that's I, the, that's the question of change. What would you like to see? What would I like to see? Well. Maybe 
let me choose what my first Pokemon is, like amongst not not just on display, like you know, uh, I don't know. I'll keep my dirty jokes uh, aside, but you know, let me let me go out and actually maybe along with somebody, but let me go out and then battle, and I can maybe run away from certain Pokemon and just of what's whatever's in the grass in the first couple areas. You know, let me make that decision myself to what I think if I want to start with a flying Pokemon or almost any any single uh, type. You know, g- give me a variety okay. instead of the fire, water, grass. Why can't I start with a... Right. Well, okay, I guess we start with an electric and Pokemon yellow, but why can't I start with a psychic Pokemon? You know, or, or right. a fairy Pokemon or something. And then, again, just more organically getting it than it being a gift because I'm the, the boy or girl who finally is going on my journey, which coincides with my puberty. You know, that whole thing is just so played out, in my opinion. I, I wish that the story was a little more organically. Uh, I do initiated. feel like they have played with that a little bit. I know in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, mm-hmm. um, or maybe, maybe it was an X and Y, but you, like the professor is like out in the wild and he's being attacked by a Pokemon. He's like, oh, I, I, I dropped my briefcase full of Pokeballs, you know, pick one up and it will help me fight off this Rattata or whatever it was. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they do always use the, uh, you know, the grass, fire, water, you know, rock, paper, scissor. Mm-hmm. Would you be more happy with like a, you know, a psychic dark fighting? Yeah, absolutely. Something like that, you know. Um, or, or even the freedom to not have to pick one that is, you know, strong against another that your rival has or, you know, vice versa. Something that just allows me to just go into it. If I want to choose a game where, you know, the... Uh, I guess, like, Poison is really weak to Psychic, right? Uh, yes. So if if the psychic, if it's a Psychic Gym for the first gym, and I want to choose a Poison Pokemon as my starter Pokemon, it's, it's my main, I should be able to do that. Even though it'll be harder for me, I should have the freedom to do that as opposed to, um, you know, going with the same old thing and having it more formed around for me. Mm, or, or maybe yeah. being able to go to different gyms in, in order that you choose of some kind would be kind of nice too. Just a little more freedom because it does seem weird that, you know, these gyms are supposed to be the epitome of everything. And yet not everyone's born in Pallet Town or wherever, yet the gyms you, you know, reach are always just a little bit harder than what you're supposed to be at. Ah, but there's a reason for that. What is the reason? The reason is uh, the Pokemon uh, gym leaders Mm -hmm. will use more... Pokemon and more higher level Pokemon, depending on how many badges you have. So oh. that first town that you run into, you have no badges, so they only use like two low level Pokemon. Yeah. But then you get another one. The next gym uses more Pokemon, and then you have another badge, and they use more. Um, when was so that, that ever explained? <laughs> that was explained in the I think so far Japan only Pokemon Origins anime, mm. where they actually follow Red from the game rather than Ash from the anime. Yeah. Um. So, technically canon, even though it's pretty, uh, I don't want to say privileged information, but there is a reason well, the that, internet said so. That does make a little more sense. and that, You know, I guess a little more logic would be nice, but, you know, I, I don't want to turn this into a, me complaining about Pokemon as a franchise thing. From what I've seen so far, personally, in the, in the trailer and everything, I'm not that impressed. However, I think it looks good in motion, and I think the Pokemon I've seen have great designs. Um, I think both the legendaries look pretty cool. The lion dog, sun one, and then that crescent bat thing. Yes, yeah, definitely cool. I'm Batman. And um, 
you know, I, I, at this point, I'm expecting to have it be the same exact thing as, as I'm used to, and I'm going to get nothing that I want. But, uh, <laughs> you know, little little changes would, would make me happy going through even some of these same motions if, like, HMs could just be items that you get instead of, so you don't have to dedicate moves yeah. to these people. Have, right. I really, really hope that that happens. Let's surf. Let's, I really hope. Yeah, like, why can't surf be both a move? Because it's always been a good move, actually. So it's always one that I've, I've utilized. But why can't surf be a move as well as an inner tube or, or you know, whatever the hell you want to use to traverse the, the water? Um, jet ski. Yeah, jet ski or jet pack and then leave fly to whatever. Cause I, you know, fly, I actually hate that move. The whole having to take a turn to just fly up and then take another one to come back down. I don't like moves like that that often. Just my personal preference. And uh, especially when they can miss like fly can. Oh, yeah. And uh, when used right, it's good, good strategy in battles, though. Sure, sure. And then, so, of course, I don't want to see it removed, but it would be nice to not have to be locked into that. I mean, they kind of did that with Flash, where they kind of took Flash, then they degraded into a TM. Yeah, yeah, Flash is not needed for uh, caves and stuff like that anymore. Yeah. So, obviously, they've tinkered with this a little bit. It would be nice to see that, but we don't have enough info from the trailer. The trailer was, was pretty good for explaining what a typical Pokemon should be, and uh, for that, I can give it credit. I did, I did like it. It looks like I might find myself buying it on hype and nostalgia anyway. Uh, I have a pre-order for it. Do I, it. I haven't canceled it yet or anything, but I feel like I'm going to end up being disappointed once I'm done with it again. Did you? What was the last one that you played? Um, it was uh, what the last one was. Was it X two or whatever? X and Y. X and oh, oh yeah, it was Black and Black two. Then X, yeah. So X. Okay, and then you and you didn't do the remake of. Uh, oh wait, well, Sapphire and Ruby. I think I did. I don't remember. I, Omega, I, I, uh, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Yeah, I think I did. Okay, so those came after that. It's all blurred okay. to me. But yeah, I, I, how I've, did you and I not play in those? Then? I, don't I don't know. Anyway, but uh, yes, because I know that you like ever since I think Black and White. It's like you kind of like play the games and then are disappointed and then kind of like swear off of them for a little while and then <laughs> buy the next one get disappointed but, but, but I'm, have... I'm really glad I'm really really glad that you keep giving them chances uh, so I, I mean I have fun with them for what it is but I'm, I just feel like I've played it before more and more yeah you know? but Nintendo is no. also really happy you keep spending money on these no that's true I'll tell you what though Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire I was really pleased because I did not like Ruby or Sapphire when they first came out on the GBA. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a huge step down from, you know, gold and silver. And so I was like, I don't even know if I really want these, but kind of like you did, you know, I'm like, well, it's Pokemon. I'll probably buy it anyway. So here's my money. Right. Um, and they did an amazing job. I, I thought they, that was a huge step up. That was a great remake. There's tons of stuff. Um, yeah. The, the, the whole like Delta episode, like after mm. that spoiler, no, no, I don't think so. Uh, That's kind of expected these days, right? Yeah, that was awesome. That was that was a great yeah. like end game kind of thing. I, I haven't done that. I've I've beaten the game up to that point, but I never really dove into that. Yeah, you need to check that out because that'll like if you if you realize what they're talking about, like multi dimension Pokemon universes all kind of coming together. It's it's really crazy. I wouldn't expect that kind of a story out of Pokemon because mm-hmm. I, I don't play Pokemon for the story. I, it's whatever it is. Um, 
what they get into, like all the Pokemon games are connected and Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire aren't just remakes of Ruby and Sapphire. These are like two parallel universes that exist side by side, but in different dimensions. Mm. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty cool that they even sort of shed light on that whole idea of, you know, like when you buy one or the other game, you know, Pokemon, they're always released in these dual formats and there will sometimes be slight differences between them. And so people who, you know, do concern themselves with the fiction, you know, have have always been like, well, what, you know, what is the explanation for that? Uh, And I feel like they sort of touched on it in that game was basically just, you know, the answer, not that it needs to make a ton of sense, but it's just sort of that, uh, that there are all these different parallel universes and in some of them, this happens and some of them that happens. And, you know, it's just kind of neat that they just gave, I feel like, a little nod to that question. So that was pretty the cool. Pokemon multiverse. Exactly. Exactly. Everything's connected. Everything matters. Mm-hmm. The one thing I do like about the Pokemon stories, though, is just how things escalate. Like back in, uh, you know, Red and Blue, you know, Team Rocket was going around and causing like little shenanigans and hijinks and stuff like this. And then, like, by the time Ruby and uh, Sapphire came out, they're like, we're bringing around this ancient Pokemon. It'll destroy the world. This is how we're going to do things. It's like, <laughs> wow, yep. guys, things escalated quickly. Yep. <laughs> like, what are they going to do? Like, they they have Pokemon that are, like, gods now. Like, they're the ones that, like, created the world and can travel through time and space. And, you know, they're trying to harness the power of these Pokemon to yep. better the world or something. It's, well, like, what's, what's going to happen in, in Sun and Moon? They're going to combine and fold in all the multiverses and create the ultimate Pikachu to well, what's going to happen. I They're don't going know. to eclipse and oh. the, the world will fall into darkness. You know, what would be left if they do a third version? Steven like just said it would be a, a Pokemon eclipse. Oh, okay. Yeah. It would come with a free pack of eclipse gum. Boo. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> You know, I think really, you know, my, my, I think my problem is with, really with myself. I honestly don't really discredit the games because, I mean, Mario does a lot of the same shit. Zelda does a lot of the same shit. Pokemon yeah. has the right, as a Nintendo game and Nintendo franchise, to do the same shit. Yeah. But what I really liked about the originals, and to a point like Heart Gold, or, well, Gold and Silver, and then later on the remakes, but uh, as I was growing up with these games, the stories felt a little more connected to me. You know, I've like the idea of a young boy kind of going off on his own adventure and everything was very cool. And now I'm I'm an adult, and these stories still appeal to the children, to these young lads and lasses who are going on their own adventures. And I don't connect with that as in the same way anymore. However, obviously right. the market does because Nintendo's still marketing these to those demographics. So I it really it's probably just me. I've probably outgrown the basics of Pokemon. But I like the general practice of the RPG, and I like the different characters and the moves. I still have fun with the basic DNA of it, so that's why I keep pulling myself back in and be kind of disappointed. I just I should probably just lower my expectations or change my expectations. Yeah, it sounds like you yeah, like I mean, the, the game part of the game. Oh, I absolutely do. I mean, that's why I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get Rowlet and then you know uh, see if I can level up and get these you know the evolutions and then find some stones and do some more leveling, and it, that all excites me. But then it's just like, I guess the predictability, because I've gone through so many different games in the franchise, 
that I expected to be more jazzed up, but really Nintendo's kind of thinking about just the next new Pokemon gamer and not so much the longtime fans. Right, because uh, yeah, I was going to say that's like the reality of when you said about wouldn't it be nice to have some you know, like starters that weren't just the typical rock, paper, scissors, whatever. I totally agree with you. I think it would be really, really, uh, really fun to have like, you know, when you start the journey, like let's have, what are there, 17 different types now or something? Something like that. It would be super cool because you know there's going to be at least one new Pokemon from each different type for Mm -hmm. a new generation. Have, you know, as your starter, you can pick one of, 17 right like whatever type you want there's there's a quote-unquote starter for each type for someone who's been a long time fan and player and understands maybe some of the pros and cons of the different types that would be awesome and it would be really interesting and fresh but you know they're going to be making the game so that 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 person who's never played one before doesn't get overwhelmed with 17 choices and you know, maybe has an easier time understanding, okay, fire is going to put out water and the whole grass thing doesn't make a ton of sense, but... Sounds <laughs> out the water, the, the grass, I guess. Yeah. Flood the grass. <laughs> so, um, and that's what they're going to make their decision on, right? Is is that they're going to try to, you know, lowest common denominator. And that that makes it a little bit, maybe not as sweet for, for the longtime fans, but it keeps the games coming out, and that's probably more important. So. And it's, sure. it's also good for those lapsed gamers, too. Like, if you hadn't played Pokemon since Red or Gold and Silver, being right. able to come back and still understand that fire beats grass, grass beats water, water beats fire. Right. You know, it, it's a lot easier. Plus, you know, yeah, and, it, and even as you said, for the first-time Pokemon players, if they were given everything all at once, Pokemon is extremely daunting when you think yeah, about it. Yeah. Like the actual game and even the meta game, which I don't even try to get into. Um, yeah, that that's really intimidating. So being able to keep it relatively simple and, and easy to kind of slip in and out of, I, I think that's the right approach. Sure. Yeah. All right, these games aren't for me. <laughs> I'll play them anyway. <laughs> Shut up, Nintendo. Take my money. You know, I will promise the listeners of the show that the next time I mention Pokemon, it will be in a more hopeful and, and optimistic light, and I won't just sit here and complain about the things that, you know, again, my expectations. That's okay, man. No, I, you I, don't, be wanna, you. I don't want to be that guy, though. That's not me. I mean, I really, you know, one, the last comment I want to make about the games, I don't know if you guys want to keep going into more, because the trailer didn't show us that much, really. Right, yeah. Um, but I do like the whole idea that Hawaii is kind of the general theme. Um, we saw kind of a jungle area. We saw some cave opportunities, some islands. Uh, there's a volcano. The beachside metropolis is pretty neat. Yes. I, I like that it's not just some weird circular hub that's confusing and you can't get through. Um, <laughs> but uh, one thing the Game Explain had shown me today when I watched their video was how that really is a small section and there's probably more islands. So there's more to the single Island right here. And they're the, the cameras just zooming in on the map in a small area. So there's, it feels like it's going to be a huge game to explore, which I do like that fact. I don't, I don't necessarily know the whole map just by my first glance at it. You know, right. Um, the only thing I think that I'll maybe add is, um, it looks like you can, customize your trainer in a couple of different ways Mm -hmm. uh, which is good Uh, it looks like you can change uh, skin color and clothes which is something that people really uh, have been wanting uh, to return 
Um, we don't know yet how detailed you can get on the clothes right now. It just looks like we've just seen like different color shirts and shorts. Um, they've said in the past that they wanted to keep the whole like full clothing customization thing, something that was unique to Kalos region. I don't know if that was just PR speak at the time. Um, I think it, you know, it makes all the sense in the world to allow full, full character customization for something like Pokemon, where it's supposed to be like you in the game more so yeah. than yeah. a character. Uh, I know that they give them names. I think that's almost just like for the regalia of the announcement of like these are our new styles. But I think it really is supposed to be you on some level. Um, so I think that's really cool. And going along with that, the fact. The trainer is now visible during the battle sequences, which uh, is a first. Um, oh, yeah. So, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's something else, too. Like the actual trainer models and even the NPCs, you notice they're all um, the kind of like the anatomically correct models. They're not these like smaller chibi, like with stubby legs and arms. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, which is, which is neat. Yeah, I mean they've had the more anatomically correct models for the uh, for the trainers and such, and uh, the other 3DS games, but they really only showed up during very specific, uh, yeah, like cutscenes, and then maybe when during you the call battles. them on the little video chat or whatever it was, you'd right. see them and they would look like normal people, and then go back to the game and they look kind of stubby legs and whatever. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was. I mean, I understood it. Like I, I got it. But it was kind sure. of a weird disconnect when you went from cutscene to actual gameplay. It's like, oh, right. Yep. I forgot. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, I think that uh, graphically, from those pers- perspectives, I think the game looks outstanding. I um, it, it's not enough to really blow me away. I mean that because as I think we've said that that's not really where my concern is. I'm still my hopes for this game are still pinned on a few things like. I hope that they get rid of HMs. Like I hope that that stuff is is kind of built in. Where if a Pokemon could learn Surf, for instance, they can use it no matter what their other moves are. So you would still maybe need that Pokemon in your party, but you don't need to like waste moves on them. That kind of thing. You can even learn it. Like you could be taught yeah. how to swim, but then you yeah. just can then natively Surf. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Like how about this? You're a freaking water Pokemon. How do you not know how to swim? <laughs> You're you're a flying Pokemon. How do you not know how to fly? You have wings. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. Uh, and then the other thing is they gotta they gotta bring back the online co-op with uh, you and a friend versus the computer. That is where my whole Pokemon life is is uh, begins and ends. And and they they haven't had it in in these last couple of games. Wait, so what, I don't know if they're gonna have, they have it that in. Uh, it was in the uh, the Generation Four games, so uh, the I think it started with Platinum, and then they also had it in Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Whoa! I never knew about that. Yeah, that was by far the most fun I've ever had with Pokemon, and apparently they also had it in Black and White. I don't know if they it was in Black Two and White Two, but it was in like this convoluted. It was like buried under so many menus that I didn't even know it existed until after they shut down the DS servers. So uh-huh. I never played it on that, which is a shame. But um, I learned but yeah, today. they haven't had it in any of the 3DS games, which makes me so, so, so sad. Are you, you can sure? do it. 
Yeah, trust me. I've, I've yeah, have you dug through all the menus, all the options? It's buried so deep in there. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone through all of the uh, you know online forums, people trying to find it and stuff. It, it's not there. It's there in local wireless. Like if you and I are in the same room, we can do it. But there's no online version, mm. which is very sad. So that is my biggest hope. If that comes back, uh, then it's all it's all on and what would you what would you guys feel about because they also said during the game explain thing that we haven't seen any tall grass in this yeah game yet how would you feel about if the pokemon are just like dare i say like in the world and you just kind of like run up to them to do a battle or to try to catch them more exciting to find them right but how amazing would it be because like right now hunting for shinies which i don't mind basically means like starting a battle over and over and over and over and over again. How amazing would it be if hunting for shinies was actually just running around through the world and then you might see one somewhere and have to go chase after it. That would blow my mind. I'm not so sure that would work that well though. As much as I would like to see something like that, because it would be way more organic and way more unique. But when you're running through the grass, it's implied you come across them. But like if you see them in the distance and, and, I would think that naturally they'd want to run from you. At least a lot of them would. Like uh, Rotata would probably not run at you, you know. Um, so would they act if they were to be naturally in the world? Would they naturally act based on the type of creature they are? And would you have to actually chase them down as opposed to them engaging you? And in that sense, would it be almost harder to level up your and, and make battles because you have to find them all the time instead of them finding you? But yeah, th- those are my thoughts exactly. Like I don't think it would be very organic. But I but, uh, for the game, I mean. But visually, I like the idea of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, maybe we could do maybe like do both. Maybe there's like tall grass, but then also some that are running around. Because right now they've sort of done that with the whole like uh, I don't remember what it was called, but that like radar thing yeah, and creeping around. Bones. Yeah, like you could you, if you wanted to get a certain Pokemon in a certain area you could search for it and it would shake. And then if you creep up to it, you won't have a random battle until you touch that one shaking grass. And that's how if you're in an area and you want a Rattata, you don't have to worry about encountering a Pidgey or something like that. So that mechanic is kind of already half in there. So maybe if they just expand on it instead of making it, you know, use this little doohickey, maybe they just are running around. But you still get your random battles in the tall grass. Yeah, and simply if they just kind of mix the two ideas, like right. then then that'd be great because then you still see the organic Pokemon. You wouldn't necessarily get to run them down, although maybe you'd only find shinies that way. So you have to actually kind of hunt the shinies. You'd right. see one, and then you maybe they could be a little more less, a little less rare. So you'd actually come across seeing one in a game, you know, uh, session. Uh, but so whatever they do, you know, I, I I don't really I don't really care what specifically they do, but I do hope that they that they try to evolve and tweak that formula a little bit because if it's if it's just exactly the same but there's some new you know app on your in-game phone that lets you track pokemon again like they didn't omega ruby alpha sapphire which was nice but i would like to see a little bit more of an evolution there i figured it out i know what they can do what so you're out there you're exploring you're going through the city you're going through the forest whatever Oh my God, you just saw a shiny Bidoof 
everybody wants a shiny Bidoof. I would like shiny Bidoof. Yeah. You, you start going at him, and he notices you, and he's like, oh, snap. He wants me. I'm out of here. It's a shiny Grant. I got to get out of here. Yeah. He, and, and so he takes off running, and then you have to, like, uh, you know, like a quick time event, and you kind of, like, parkouring through, through the <laughs> trees, and, you, and you're jumping over logs, and you're, and you're diving through the bushes. And then you finally come up to the shiny Bidoof. Well, and then it says a wild shiny Bidoof show. You know, that wouldn't make any sense, would it? They'd have to change the... Anyway, parkour in Pokemon. Pokemon parkour. Parkour-mon. Parkour-mon. <laughs> make it happen. Parkour-monami. Actually, pay me for that to happen, Nintendo. Copyrighted. Registered. I think it would work. And simply because with all of this stuff, I think of... You know what is the anime like in these in these regards, and you know is is the ultimate goal of the uh, of the game to be as much like the anime as possible. So, you know, I think that that would be good. What I think actually is happening, as my final thought, I suppose, here with this uh, topic yeah, is yeah, just we... is, is just simply that the reason we haven't seen grass is because it's just the very beginning of the story. And you're going to need your Pokemon. There's probably a patch of grass somewhere, or you're battling your rival only. But once you move past that city and you go west, there's going to be grass everywhere. Yeah, yeah, people in that city take really good care of their lawns. Yeah. I think, I think that's probably it. Just so you have the freedom to roam. and there's, it might be, Maybe there's a more elaborate story set up. But I, I think that they're just going to do the same thing. Yeah, probably. But we'll find out <laughs> in November. Yes, we will. And I, you know, here's the, here's the last thing I'll throw at you guys. Based on what we know now, which is pretty much nothing, are you going to go with sun or moon? Mm. I mean, I'll I, go whatever the opposite Joe goes with. I'll be his rival. Oh, awesome. Well, I think I'm going to go sun because the bat thing doesn't really appeal to me mm-hmm. all that much. And the lion thing's pretty cool. I will be the bat. I will be bat, batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. I like, Swear to me. <laughs> I like the bat. However, I pre-ordered Sun already just to do it, and I think I want to stick with that. I do like the lion dog thing. Um, whatever it is, I guess it's more like a lion. But uh, I don't know. But then don't haven't they in the past swapped them? So like Sun will actually you'll get the moon shaped creature and vice versa. Mm. He did that once. I don't know about that, Tim. No? Okay. Good. Well, all right. That makes it easier. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> it might be right. I think they did that in Black 2, White 2. Did they? I want to say yes. All right. Well, either way, I pretty much always pick my version strictly on which Pokemon are in which. Right. You know? And Legendaries, but also just the, the other Pokemon. So I've got to wait till Cerebi.net comes out with their list. Ah, uh, yes. All so. your Pokemon questions answered. Oh, always! They're like it's it's the definitive Pokemon site, hands down. Okay, so let's uh, let's jump into our final topic here, kind of quick, I'd say. Uh, this podcast has been a, a good length so far, and uh, it's getting a little late. I'd like to wrap things up, but I don't want to have a show right now without touching upon the fact that Nintendo has announced its E3 plans. I mean, this is major news, people, and they're amazing, and everyone loves them. Well, they're amazing. Uh, maybe not the second part. They're amazing because they dumbfound everybody <laughs> on what they're planning to do. Um, Sony big, and Microsoft love them. Sure. 
but it's further proof that Nintendo really has no interest in trying to compete with them. I think that's just the move to pretty much avoid uh, comparisons, perhaps. What are those moves for the people that are zero people that are that don't know what the moves are? Uh, essentially, as far as I understand it, is that they're they're not bringing any NX news to E3. Or at least they won't reveal it at E3. They're going to do it at a later date in a Nintendo Direct or something like that. Um, the D- or D- DX, <laughs> the the NX is releasing in March of next year, 2017. So it's less than a year away. Um, they're going to obviously reveal it less than nine months from its release because E3 is you know nine months from that date. Uh, at E3, their plan is to the only playable game they're going to have is Zelda. Which is cool for all us Zelda fans who are very eager to see what's going to go on, but they've confirmed that it's going to be an NX title as well. So that's a bit uh, confusing of a message because are we getting the actual legit NX version at the show? Is the NX version the legit version now? You know, there's all these all this ambiguity that we kind of had with Twilight Princess in the first place. Is the NX version going to be mirrored for some reason? You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be because it doesn't have a Wiimote situation, but you know what I mean? Um, we don't really know what's going to happen with it, but they're going to have it playable. So that's cool, but they have other games that they can show off, and they're. I think they might still bring them to the show, but they're not going to let you play them. Why can't we play Color Splash? You know, why can't we play... Um, honestly, I'm, I'm so unsure of what games are coming out that I'm interested in. Uh, what else is actually coming out for Wii U this year? Well, I, I can't name even 3DS that I can, you know, that I'm interested in. But the, Color Splash is the only Wii U game I can think of offhand right now that I can think, yeah, that that I'm aware of. I don't know. I'm not. I don't. I'm not interested in the Fire Emblem crossover. So that I do think of that, but that's just not what I'm interested in. I um, think that might be the only other one. But like Star Fox was obviously a big one, but that just came out, so that's not going to be there. But if they're not showing anything NX, it, it should be a really lackluster E3, even with Zelda. But people have said in the past that Zelda does not make E3. You know, I mean, it has to be that plus some at least a mediocre showing otherwise, and uh, you know, I don't know. Are they even going to have a? I don't even know if they're going to have a like a presentation at all. They're not. So they'll probably have the treehouse, which will be cool, but. I mean, are they just going to show that Metroid block ball or whatever the hell it's called? <laughs> you know, no, um, it's 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 Zelda only. That's the only game they're bringing to E three. Bringing or just showing uh, or bringing playable? Because I thought I read that it was just the only playable game. That's it, it where, is the only playable game. Yeah. Right? There's, so but, there's some room for interpretation, but uh, it's tough to be. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's a weird scene, man. Now. Is is Sony and Microsoft are either of them presenting some sort of new system or something like that? Uh, this E three, I haven't been been up on that. I haven't heard of anything. Yes, I've heard of potentially a PS four and a half or something. Is that that one? Yeah. And what's that supposed to be though? It is a more powerful system to be capable of handling VR and four uh, K outputs. But they don't want to call it a PS5, right? I want to. I want to say I heard the name PlayStation Neo bounced right. around out there. That is the either the working. I think it's like the code name or something. I don't know if they've said that that's the official name. Um, 
but people have already joked that uh, if this is the Neo and if the VR was called the Morpheus, then <laughs> the next Sony handheld is going to be called the Trinity. And then people said, spoiler alert, Trinity dies. <laughs> so, oh, that's too bad. But, uh, yeah, so that's what's going on. I, see, I don't, I, but I don't know that that really impacts this decision. I don't know. I'm really at a loss here. I, I will say that uh, typically I try to be very positive. Not even try to be. I just am very positive about Nintendo news. I feel like they're always going to be fine. I know that they're going to be fine because they're not going to run out of money any decade soon. Uh, but from the perspective of someone who wants them to run away, succeed so that they get like the third-party support that I want and I don't have to you know, read article after article about like, is Nintendo going to go out of business next month? Or, you know, are they going to release their next big Mario game on time? Or are they going to push it to another system? Cause this one sucks. Or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. I just want Nintendo to do well. And I'm not sure that this news is a step in that direction. Well, it's crazy because they actually do have a lot to talk about. I mean, we kind of already mentioned, there's not a lot going on with, the Wii U, right. but maybe there is. Maybe they should tell us if there is, because that would be great. Right? Yeah, they need um, to. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, the very we know about a ton of stuff that's already coming out for 3DS. Kimishima has gone on record saying that there are more first and third party unannounced games coming for 3DS. Hey, there's a trade show coming up. Why not talk about it? Yeah, you know? I don't know. Like it's it's weird. Well, has he said the same thing about Wii U or just 3DS? Because uh, yeah, he he did not mention Wii U. Because wasn't that some of some evidence that people uh, maybe anecdotal, but wasn't that what people presumed meant that the NX was going to be more console based? Because it looks like the Wii U is truly fizzling out, while the 3DS they're trying to continue to fuel the fire. Yeah, right. it's kind of speculation. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we really I, I don't know if this was a Game Explain podcast discussion or something. I might have seen it somewhere, but. Uh, I fully agree with the argument that Nintendo's got to just stop being secretive at this point. It's too late in the game. If they're going to release yeah. this shit in March, they've got to start talking about it now. Yep. And stop being so close to the chest. And if their competitors try to copy off them like they did with the Wii, who gives a crap? You know, you'll still be the first to try it, and they they should be confident in what they can do. I don't. Yeah. Think let's be honest. Did the PlayStation Move really do anything against the Wii's Wii Remote? It, no. it it made the whole concept of waggling even worse with a glowing ball. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. And then the Microsoft's Connect, I mean, they, they dropped that with the Xbox One, so that, that didn't keep. No, I mean, that was actually a pretty decent competitor, I thought, from an idea right. standpoint. Yeah. But, you know, the technology they, was amazing. I think they both were. I mean, I think that you know what you could do in-game with the move was quite impressive, just as we always find out, you know, it's about the games, it's about the software, and, and neither the Connect nor the move was ever really given serious software support in my opinion you know my thought on the on motion right. controls was that if nintendo had adopted a mix between their wiimote and the, the move or the connect i'm sorry that would have been the best of both worlds because the connect was great because it could detect so much from what it could see but the second your hand was behind your back it didn't know shit nintendo's just you know their whole situation they could track all that regardless of where the the uh the, the right they saw the router was or whatever the 
Just the yep. G. What am I thinking of the word? The, the accelerometer? No, well, there's that, but there's the gyrometer or whatever. Yeah, Gyro um, something. Yeah. Sure. So uh, if you can mix the two together, then you really could have almost full motion. Why couldn't you like attach that to um, almost like a wrist, like a, like a band or something like that? And then, then really have more f- freedom and everything. But maybe they saw it's not that important to gaming. Gaming, a lot of people still like to play games more traditionally. I do think that would increase your quality of life, though. <laughs> hey. there's, there's still all that. But, <laughs> but I, I still think motion controls have a place, because I think Splatoon is infinitely better with the motion controls on, for example. And the, the accuracy you can get while playing that game with motion controls shows that there's still a use for it. I don't know what NX is going to do there, but I don't think Nintendo competing with everyone on the VR standpoint is going to be a, a, that big of a deal. Yeah. Is, is the aiming in Splatoon kind of like how you could do motion aiming in uh, like the Zelda 3D remakes? Um, I would think so, yeah. I'm trying to think of how that works in the Zelda remakes. but You're going um, like, to aim with the analog stick and then kind of like fine-tune it with the tilt? Um, well, no, I don't think so. So, thinking back to all the times I played Splatoon, you use the left joystick to move your character, and the right joystick... What do you even use that for? I don't know. Oh, oh, to move the camera. Okay. I was going to say, yeah, camera yeah. control, probably. So, so you move the camera, but as far as your reticule, you still... Okay, so I guess it is kind of like that. So you can move the camera, but it's, it's not really pinpoint accuracy. You can just mm-hmm. kind of move your where your kind of direction is. But you can definitely twitch your hands to get your pinpoint accuracy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that kind of um, that, that kind of aiming. That worked out really well for Zelda. Mm-hmm. I imagine it probably worked really well for a, a game based around shooting. Yeah, absolutely. I would feel a little bit weirder if it was more like a like a Call of Duty because two hands are holding up this thing where you know, you're supposed to represent a gun if you were to play one of those games. But in this kind of mm-hmm. weird third person perspective paintball game you know it works really well um yeah i think ir aiming was probably the best for any kind of shooting yes yeah really, really metro well. prime three says uh it agrees but perfect um but you know back on, on the nx though i don't i don't really know what nintendo's got to hold back i mean it it has to be huge for them to do this for them to have the confidence that they can just do all this kind of crazy shit and keep us in the dark still and then have us all be happy at the end but I'm a little skeptical because I don't know if lightning can strike twice in the same way that it did with the Wii. Um, I'm not sure what video games in general are going from here. Obviously, the VR is a big deal, but my cousin and I were having a talk over some beers just a couple nights ago, and not that we think... I think he might suspect gaming is going to die out more than I would think the same, but, uh, but where do you really go? Graphically, do you really need to be any more better than we are now to be engrossed in a game or in a story? And... In fact, humans have an ability to kind of be weirded out by photorealism that's trying to be photorealistic, like with humans at least. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, yeah. I don't want to see that kind of weird shit. Um, the, the technology to pull that off convincingly would have to be so much more advanced than what we have now or even probably in the next generation. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, though. The most impressive and cool-looking stuff that I've seen so far is when you have these anatomically correct looking characters, but they're still blatantly cartoony. Like, um, yeah, the, the characters designs for overwatch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That yeah. game looks spectacular. I love it. It's expressive. It animates really well. It's colorful. It's very pleasing to the eye. And 
they're probably using top of the line tech, but it, you know, I don't have to see like their you know skin pores when they zoom right. in on the character's <laughs> face. You know, it's not necessary. And so, I, do we really need these high? I don't think. I, but think about it. When that technology hits, we're going to have a game about a guy who shrinks down to the size of a pore and he crawls in and he defeats the virus in the skin. That'll be amazing. Mm. Skin infection. NX. It'll be like a more I... realistic version of Nano Assault. <laughs> right. So think about the possibilities, man. Um, I, you know, I think that, yeah, like eventually, and I do think it might be another generation or two where we could get like complete photorealistic graphics where it looks like you're playing a TV show or a movie. And I don't mean, I mean, like actually like you can't distinguish between one or the other like i could I, that eventually will happen i don't see why it wouldn't um but as far as you know do we do we need that or 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 what um i think that we really need to stop judging these systems in these games so much on graphics at least before that happens you know like yeah when people said, like, people have been talking about the PS4 and the Xbox One as a disappointment because the graphical leap was not that much. Well, who cares? Like, honestly, why is that the only way that we could evaluate the merits of these systems? Like, yeah. we also have to take it into consideration, too. It's not just the graphics that are being improved, but, you know, enemy AI. You know, a living, breathing world, a world that changes from day to day. There's all these other, like, little different things, just basic uh, enemy motions and stuff like that. That could all be improved by tech. Technology doesn't mean graphics only. Right. There's all this new other stuff they can implement when game design and, and, and world creation with new technology. So I think we need to keep that in mind as well. For so many years, yeah. graphics were it. I mean, 16 bit, 32 bit, you know, that was, that was right. the battle. For some right. reason, and we all grew up with that. So now that's still ingrained as the presumptive. Well, we expect this now. We're entitled to this. You better make the graphics better. We don't care if it even matters, but you should do it. And that's what a lot of people judge Nintendo on. And I kind of get boned when I see that because Nintendo doesn't play that race. It doesn't mean their games aren't nice looking. It doesn't mean that they're not um, concerned about that. But they certainly don't need to go to the extent, you know, and, and spend the money that their competitors do to reach the levels that, that they currently reach. Especially with the franchises they have. Sure, right. You're not going to see pores on Mario and why right. you need to. No, definitely not. I, I do think that like with Mario, I don't think it should go any more detailed. Like even the uh even the model in Smash Brothers to me is like maybe more detailed than we ever need to see, you know? Like the mm -hmm. fabric on his overalls and stuff. Like I think we're I think we've We've reached the the end when it comes to Mario, and that's just fine. Yeah, yeah and even their more realistic looking um, franchises like Zelda and probably Metroid. Look at them now. Now they're more artistic. You know, the, the way the uh, the newest Zelda looks is very, you know, artistic and almost kind of painting wise. And then you know the new Metroid that's coming out, it's chibi characters and it kind of looks ridiculous. But yeah, yep. Well, you know. Let's finish this discussion with uh, with one more thought about Zelda, and we're we're really focused on the NX and the the confusion and the 
lack of clarity, but if, if they are going to give us Zelda news and they're going to show us what it looks like and they're going to show us what it's supposed to be because it's supposed to be so different, I'm for that. I'm still going to enjoy E3 to some extent. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee it because it's finally going to lift the veil off this. And they've promised us time and time again that it's going to be different than past Zeldas. And while I love past Zeldas, in the same way that I would like to see a refresh from Pokemon, it'd be cool to see some new stuff coming from Zelda where I don't expect to go dungeon uh, path, dungeon path, dungeon path, you know. Right. I'm looking forward to this. And again, the game looks beautiful. The art style with the graphics and everything, I mean, I'm, I'm floored by it. Mm-hmm. And to Grant's point a second ago, it looks like there's a bit more of an organic world going on, too. And maybe if they can use this world-building ideology uh, beyond even their graphical leap that they've done, that'll be really impressive. I want this world to breathe is really what I want. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Yes. I think it would be really nice to have a world where you want to explore everything as opposed to, you know, a lot of times in the 3D Zeldas, you're exploring until you see the thing that very clearly indicates this is a town or this is a dungeon or this is a secret, you know? Yeah. I think it might be nice to just kind of like roam a little more, a little more freely. Sure. What if, what if you have to meet characters that just don't live in a town? They're just drifters. Yeah. You know, but they play a key role and maybe you have to, maybe you have to locate them. Maybe they move all the time and it's not, you can't look in a guide and say, okay, they're always either here or here. Maybe they literally just roam and you got to find them. You meet up with them and he says, I am error. (laughs) (laughs) I am error. The princess is in another castle. (laughs) So, you know, that said, uh, let's curb this discussion. Certainly we're going to have more to say in the next couple episodes as uh, the Zelda news trickles in. And hopefully Nintendo doesn't just wait for one big bombastic reveal, which I'm sure they'll have some sort of reveal, but hopefully they give us more to to chew on. Um, I did want to throw in one last thing that I just read. Uh, so it's kind of breaking news, so to speak, but you guys probably heard that Disney Infinity is no more, you know, as of, uh, today or recently, they're going to have like one or two more runs of what they've had planned where they're pulling out of this whole toys to life thing. I yeah, did yeah. not know that. I saw know. someone, I saw someone posting like some images with the, with the figures and like a, and like a letter, a handwritten letter or something, but I didn't really know what was going on. So, okay. Wow. So, so yeah, I'm really glad we didn't get into Disney Infinity like four months ago when we were staring at the awesome figurines and considering getting <laughs> well, it. Well, so that was announced earlier today and I was watching it kind of organically grow uh, news-wise. And I just came across an article um, where they also have confirmed that they're now Disney is now stepping away from self-published console games altogether. Mm. So those to license their IPs, you know, Star Wars Battlefront and that sort of thing. Uh, Disney Crossy Road, which I have on my on my uh, Kindle, but I have no idea what it's about. But um, but yeah, so they're they're pulling out of gaming pretty significantly, which I think is kind of uh, significant. However, we're done with the podcast, so I'm not going to let you guys talk about it. <laughs> that's um, cool. I, just I, 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 I had no thoughts on it anyway. That's that's <laughs> fine. But maybe maybe our next guest will. Maybe we'll start there. Maybe from now on, our podcast should have cliffhangers, Ooh. and then we'll start up again. You know, that'll keep uh, people coming back. Kind of like tune in that. next week. A great discussion, guys, but we are out of time. Um, if, uh, if you know, you listeners out there, we really, we say this every time, but we mean it earnestly. We would like you guys to comment on what you're hearing here. You know, chime in. What do you think about what we're saying? Give us some new info. You know, we love the feedback and we love the interaction. So you can do that by finding the thread associated with this episode. 
And if you don't want to subscribe to Negative World to do so, and you're listening to this through iTunes or some other means, you, know, you can find us on Facebook, or you can search uh, there for negativeworld.org, or you can find us on Twitter at negative underscore world. And uh, we should get like an Instagram or something, you know. We can just put pictures of Zero on it. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be the most popular Instagram channel ever. Move <laughs> for Kardashian. Kardashians. I don't know. Um, they're just one person, one entity of uh, annoyingness. <laughs> <sighs> but anyway, thank you guys for this long and uh, very thoughtful podcast. Uh, thanks, Grant, for joining us tonight. My pleasure. Thank you, Joe, for joining me as always. Yahoo! And I'll thank myself for being coherent enough to talk. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Stephen. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, I don't need to fish for that shit. Uh, you know, if you're listening to and you want to come on the show, let me know. Because we, uh, we love having uh, new guests, old guests. We just love having guests. Be our guests. Hashtag Disney Theory. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have a good one, guys. Bye-bye. Later. Right, bye-bye.